You all pause briefly. You're stood on a grassy hill that leads up towards what appears to be a ramshackle dockyard and a fortress sat at the base of a huge lake. The last thing you remember, you were stood outside the abbey ruins, having just rescued the younger friar from the harpies in the abbey. However, as you all become aware of your surroundings, Wymore and Quentin, the two of you are running almost side by side as you all sort of slow to a jog and then a puzzle stop. Wymore and Quentin, you feel like a weight in your arms and as you look down, the two of you are dragging between you, each of you holding one of his arms, the young friar, the young priest that you rescued from the ruins. However, now he appears in quite a bad way. He is unconscious, is the least part of it. And as you look down at his, I'm not going to say body because he's not dead, you can check that, but he is very badly injured and unconscious. He is covered in bruises seemingly across the majority of his body as though he'd been bludgeoned by falling rocks or some sort of a large blunt object livid purple bruises standing out in his exposed skin his clerical vestments his monk's robes sort of torn and slightly disheveled brock as you slow down to a to a just sort of puzzle jog not really knowing how you got here you feel a, an even greater weight in both of your arms and as you look down you see that you're actually carrying your wife she is also unconscious and showing similar bruises although not quite as extensively like lan is literally like in your arms as you slow down you're like oh what am i doing here then you look down she's in your arms malcolm you you're a little bit ahead of the rest likewise you're not really sure how you got here heading up this hill towards this ramshackle fort in docklands the last thing you remember was being outside the old abbey as you slow down you see like your dog's still at your heels you sort of hear hear the screeching sort of footsteps behind you of your companions you turn around they're sort of stopping like people have just and sort of blinking and looking around puzzled like people have just come out of a very dark room into the bright light of day as you take them in, as I've described, you can see Weimar and Quentin are sort of dragging the injured friar, his legs trailing on the grass behind him as they're each sort of like holding one of his arms and carrying him between them. Brock is sort of like stood there. You've all got, as you look at yourselves, you've all got various like nicks and cuts, but nothing like too serious, like surface level stuff. Brock is carrying the body of, well, she's not dead, but Lan Rivar in his arms. Again, she has bruises on her, but nowhere near as extensive as the friar. You all take this in as you look around. Like I say, you're not entirely sure how you got here. But, as I say, you can see this sort of ramshackle dock slash fort on the hill overlooking what appears to be a sort of placid, mist-shrouded lake off to your right. As you're... As the hunters of your group are sort of looking around, you can see running from the fort to the the road. You recognise that was the road that ran past the abbey ruins. And as you peer sort of along the lake where there's less tree cover, you can just about see in the distance 
like one of the taller bits of the abbey ruins and you think you must be like at least two or three days to like the northwest of where you previously were over to you guys what the f Are we all looking at each other in the same sort of dazed? Yeah, every, confused. Everyone's just sort of like. I mean, obviously, sure. you you guys can decide what expressions you've got yourself, but like everyone looks quite puzzled. Well, we all seem to have sort of come out of it at the same time. Yeah, you know, we're all sort of looking at each other. What, what more witchcraft have we been succumbed to? Surely we just left the abbey just minutes before. I'll just be looking around puzzled, trying to get my bearings and One thing take you it do in. notice as you look around Brock is that by the placement of the sun and by the amount of daylight that's filtering in, it's sort of, it's mid-morning, effectively. So not like early, early morning, but it's still the morning. Whereas you know, sort of like when you left the Abbey, it was fairly late in the day. I'll just say again, does anyone else remember our journey here? No, I have no memory of us. Check on our uh, new friend. Um, breathing, I suppose. He's, he's breathing, and as you sort of check on him, he's like, uh, but he's like barely conscious. Like he's, you can see he look, he basically looks like someone's like collapsed like a stone wall on top of him. He's covered in bruises. You think mm -hmm. maybe his jaws dislocated, all of his clothing's torn. And there's like cuts and bruises all over him. He, he is alive, he is breathing, but he's like in a very bad way. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's not about to drop dead at any second. Mm -hmm. But he, he definitely needs a bit of R and R before he's gonna be up and about and probably like tap dancing's off the card for the next few weeks. Should we check out this fort for a place to rest up? Um, well, I'm concerned, you know, what has happened to us and who's who's done it, you know, who's responsible for this loss of memory? How did we get here? As Brock saying that and you're mentioning the fort, Malcolm, you sort of look across towards it and it seems to be... Some, Extending from the lake, there's this teeming sort of ramshackle dock surrounded by sort of higgledy-piggledy wooden buildings. And then a sort of it, the ground rises up into a sort of cliff above the docks. And there appears to be some sort of stone keep with what looks like a fairly run-down and dilapidated up wooden palisade surrounding it. Yeah, are there any tracks nearby? Yeah, there's... There's like normal people tracks. And in fact, as you look around, you can see sort of like on the outskirts of the docks, there's a few sort of people wearing just like standard sort of, I suppose, like fishermen's clothes, you know, waders, stuff like that, fishing rods out sort of in the lake. Like I said, there's a very like light, low lying mist over the lake, but it's nothing, it's not like a fog or anything, it's just like a bit of light mist from slightly cooler water meeting warmer air. Does it look like anyone's noticed us and look in our direction or yeah a couple a couple of the, um, or... a couple of the fishermen have sort of like looked up as they've 
as they've seen you sort of running across but you know they've they've sort of gone back to their business I mean, but no sort of massive hysteria like we just appeared out of nowhere or something stupid no they just they just sort of look up as in like oh there's some new people over there and then obviously you guys aren't really causing a fuss or like cracking off or anything so they've just sort of gone back to their business okay well maybe we should ask them if it's safe to go in the fort and like you say get a bit of rest and try and come to our senses how far are we from the dock Oh, you're probably 80 feet, something like that. And it's like a small village around it, is that? It's kind yeah, of a it's, fish and dock and fishing village. Yeah, it's basically like a small sort of fishing village built around these ramshackle wooden docks. And then, like I say, the, there's like a, a cliff overlooking it. The, the sort of ground rises up behind it. And then this stone fort is on the cliff with this like crappy wooden palisade around it. So seemingly like overlooking the lake and its shadow falls across the docks in the the morning sun. Okay, and how far up the hill do we think it is? Is it like it's big long? I mean, you, you're probably talking maybe an hour. Okay. It's it's not a massive trek. And it's a fair... If you're sort of approaching from the not cliff side, obviously, it's a fairly sort of shallow incline. Okay. Uh, cool, so I think we should walk towards the village and uh, find someone to talk to. Or well, is it worth talking to the fishermen first, just to give us a yeah, I think an so. understanding where this place, what it is, and who lives there, sort of thing. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll I'll head towards the fishermen. Yeah, not a problem. You head towards like, the nearest of these fishermen. He's a he's a fairly sort of burly like guy. Obviously, used to not pull any nets and sort of fairly like hard physical labour. He's wearing like a, a sleeveless jerkin. He's got sort of like big waders on and like tough sort of like leather trousers and he's wearing. He's stood in about a foot of water like in the shallows of the lake. He's got a, a net next to him with a few fish in it. He's got his various like tackles sort of on the ground next to him. He's got a fishing rod sort of dangling in the water. You can see like a couple of feathers and whatever as bait sort of bobbing up and down further out in the water and brightly coloured to so they're easy to spot despite this low lying mist and he's just sort of stood there like minding his business like checking his right you see that there's a couple of rods next to him that he's just sort of set up sticking out of the ground and he occasionally looks over and checks them yeah I'll just call out to him hello there he's like oh uh, morning to you um, obviously, I'm still carrying land, and um, I say um, my companions and myself are looking for a, somewhere safe to rest. Uh, we have some injured members of the group, and looking at that fort, is it is it a safe place to visit? Would they? He says, "Oh, have any uh, issues?" He says, uh, "Fort Vulgar." He says, "Yeah, it's a, it's, it's pretty safe. You should be all right there." And he, he, as he's talking, he's like climbed out of the of the water and he sort of like stepped towards you and he's like do you need some help uh, uh it's very kind like, but the, the rods will be all right for a bit as, oh, uh... he, as he walks over to you bro you notice like I say he's got like a sleeveless jerkin you notice he has this tattoo on his upper arm that's like a it appears to show like a cluster of like black tentacles it's like tattooed on his upper arm 
I haven't seen that before, have I? No. Hmm. It's like a. It's like, oh, you, you're a, you're a stranger to these parts. Uh, if, if there's anything I can do to help, he says. Uh, um, I, I live in the. Um, I live in the little village there. You know, just in the in the shadow of Fort Volker. No, we're just we're we're just passing by, but like I said, um, we're just looking for somewhere to rest up and recover. Um, yeah, look to he's like he's like oh what happened? Like obviously like seeing Lan and the the friar being dragged behind. He's like, we, we were attacked by crook horns. I mean, we, we we're pretty near the Nagwood. There, there are danger here. Uh, I've not heard of these creatures. He's like oh he's a, he's like. Uh, He's like crockhorn, just like oh, they're they're terrible. He's like nothing like the uh, nothing like the more civilized uh, beast folk they've got in the southern dolmen would you know the ones that are the ones that follow the rules and wow, well, if you were to tell they uh, they even follow the one true god. But we've well, I, I know um, Lord Brackenwald's always had cordial relations with him, but uh, now these crockhorns, they're horrible, diseased, insane creatures. Uh, follow some foul thing that lives in the the woods north here, we, well, we call it the Naglord, and uh, well, they're always causing problems. Yeah, like raiding and like romping out of here. I mean, that's why the bit north of here we call it the Nagwood locally, because like, well, to be honest, I I don't go much further than for the north than this. It, it's pretty dangerous. I mean, don't get me wrong, L Lady Haramore like sends out regular patrols in like her territory, but you know, when the patrols aren't about, if you just a simple man like myself, it can be very dangerous. I I, I stick close to the fort myself. I, mm. I'm not aiming to have no no horrible like creatures boiling and roiling out of the woods and taking me unawares. What what would one of these creatures look like? He says, "Oh, the says, oh, they're horrible things. They they from a distance, if you're seeing them through the trees, you might mistake them for a man. But when they get closer, they're like some unholy like." melding of man and beast great horns and foaming mouths full of full of fangs oh yeah, it doesn't sound creatures. good well well thank you very much for your uh your warning of these these foul creatures but um like i say we we need to press on and uh yeah rest up but well n n not a problem i mean I, I, I wish you well, stranger, and uh, may Big Chuck smile on you. Big Chuck. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, I suggest uh, I, I head back to the group, and uh, I suggest we head to the village then. Okay, so whilst uh, Brock's been having this conversation with the, the fishermen, is there anything you guys want to have done while that's been going on? I guess I just want to be looking around for anything that's suspicious or that looks out of place in a village of this nature. You don't find anything suspicious, but uh, you are feeling a little bit odd beyond the the apparent memory loss. Um, if you've ever been in a place where um, the air pressure has changed and you sort of get that pressure like building up in your ears just before your ears pop, you've got a strange sort of feeling like that. It's not really painful it's just sort of like odd okay 
So Weimar will be having a sort of subdued conversation with the ground. As he is still mad for almost a week. Um, so he's sort of, because I imagine we, we sort of stopped to let Brock go off and uh, there's yeah. a little sort of excursion there. And uh, we've got the, uh, we've got, we've got brother Danwa on the ground, I imagine, just resting. Yeah. And uh, Weimar is keeping watch and just sort of like brushing the ground, like whispering to it <laughs> and hearing whispers in return, as is his wont. Indeed. As you're sort of brushing the ground next to um, Brother Dunwallow, you, you notice that like both of his like fists are clenched. And as you're sort of like talking to the ground around him, you can see there's something like just the edge of something green, like poking out of one of his clenched fists. So I guess then I would be like, ah, brother, brother Dunwallow, you you too are a friend of the grass, and um, so let's let's see, and I'll I'll see if he uh, releases his death grip. Yeah, it's it, it takes you know you sort of like have to like massage his like hand a little bit to get it to release it, mm -hmm. but he's he's not actually got rigor mortis or anything, so it's yeah. fine. <laughs> As you open it, there's like a small like bit of like moss that's like gripped in his hand. And as as it sort of drops down and you like touch it, and it's normal moss for all mm -hmm. intents and purposes, as you touch it, you have a very brief sort of split second impression of like seeing a load of moss and hearing like a big booming voice, but it's all sort of hazy and out of focus, and you can still like the... you don't really hear the words, and it's very brief. It passes in like a so... second. So um, I'll I'll sort of perk up a bit and it's like, I think I have a guess of what might happen, what might have happened to us. Ah, uh, do you recall the peculiar song that those creatures sung, and and it, it did indeed <laughs> affect me deeply, at least. I. I wonder if we may have run into more things like that. Uh, it would, I think, stand to reason that these these creatures are not the only ones here, gifted with powerful songs. As I think, the forest may hide an entire orchestra of well, mystical nature. I'll sort of like talk to myself and to whoever's in the vicinity. Indeed. <laughs> And as you finish saying that, that's when Brock comes back and he's like, I don't know, I think we should head for the fort. Obviously, you're still carrying Lan. You and, see, uh, you, you've sort of, you've heard like snatches of his conversation with the fisherman. It wasn't that far off. So you can all effectively be aware of what each other are up to. And I've heard Weimar just uh, sort of announcing yeah, my new theory. Some, some <laughs> flash of inspiration. Uh, so with that, I think Brock's going to try and come up with some sort of uh, moss or something to actually put in his ears to try and block out some of the sound. If he's thinking there's some sort of witchcraft that's coming from sounds and singing and people charming. Yeah, that, that's not a problem. There's plenty There's plenty of moss around. There's, there's stones with moss growing on. You're in like a fairly damp environment. You're near a lake. 
So yeah, finding moss isn't a problem, and you can like plug your ears with a moss. That's Even if it just dampens it or you know blocks some of it out, yeah. just to... it, it doesn't have an immediate effect. You don't like plug your ears, and you're like, oh my god, my memory's come back. I know, but I just meant for future. Yeah. If we run into something that. Yeah. If you, if you if you run into anything that has like a sort of sonic based attack, for want of a better term, might help. Remind yeah. me that you've plugged your ears up. That is absolutely fine. You you get a couple of like you find some like a couple of pieces of like spongy moss, and you're like into your ears. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll only take it out when I feel super safe and in, you know in the village and stuff and i'll just take a clump of it so i can just sort of take it out and put new stuff in if if i need to sort of communicate and you know whatever yeah that's fine so after the village i think yep okay not a problem so are you you guys are basically heading towards like the the docks and the the little village is that correct rather than the fortress that overlooks it is that the plan I mean, that's closer, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that's probably the best place to head out first. Do you think? It's right there. Anyway. Okay. No problems. So let me move you to another map. Hopefully, shouldn't take too long to load because it's a tiny map. Okay. So, as you guys are approaching this uh, this small sort of ramshackle wooden area, you head into what appears to be a a small cobblestone square. There's a few sort of fishermen and locals knocking around. There's a little bit of trading and like chatting and stuff like that going on. It looks like a very sort of crude marketplace, effectively. You can also see just slightly to the west of you are the sort of main docks. There's like a little bridge going over the, the river. There's a few like wooden boats, stuff like that. There's plenty of people knocking around, you know, just doing their general day-to-day -day stuff. However, Brock, as you sort of walk around, there's like loads of fishermen, and it's all the sort of people you'd expect to find in a sort of dock area, and there's there's like people trading like wicker baskets and trading fish and equipment and stuff like that. As you're walking around, Brock, you notice that you, that you keep seeing like, people with these these like black tentacle tattoos on their arms and like you see people with it on like other parts of the bodies as well not just the arm you see some people like some people have it on the neck some people have it on the leg but you see like you must see at least out of the the 20 30 odd people you've seen easily half of them have this tattoo yeah i'll, I'll point it out to the other members of the group if if they haven't noticed and and just ask that does anyone know what that is or seen anything I, similar? I've seen things like this back home. And Not in it, New Zealand, but home before it, that. Is it normally related to some sort of faith or some Oh, it's just group? people people uh sort of drawing what they see. 
presume these these people fish for uh, uh, sort of octopi and other things. Hmm. As you're sort of having this discussion and you're walking around, you can also see a few sort of town guard, for want of a better term. You can see they're wearing tabards with the the sort of black coloration and the the sort of like silver unicorn on it that you previously saw in uh, Fort Brackenwald, so the same colours, which you assume are, are the Brackenwald colours. They, they they don't really look quite as well-trained as the guards you saw at Brackenwald Fort, which might lead you to assume that this place is like, there's not very often that much danger here. You know, you've gone from like seeing like professionally trained soldiers to like, oh, these are like farmers with spears and like tabards on. They're not the sort of like CSI Dolman would. They're just like I'll, local people. I'll, I'll just sort of say to the groups like, did I hear correctly? And Brock, maybe you you'll be able to fill in. But was it not said that there's you know beast creatures in the the area and it gets a little bit busy? Well, he said that was further to the north, the woods to the north. I don't know how far. With these horned creatures, hmm. but he he seemed to think the village was safe, and they're further north. But hmm. how far was the woods? Is I'm not not quite sure. Yeah, but, I guess it's it's all relative. But yeah, they don't seem to have much trouble here by the looks of the place. It doesn't seem see, that well fortified. See, it seems leisurely, nice place to visit. We as should you, go and see what's on the uh, on the offer. Like that, what's the, what the tap has? As you're having this discussion, Quentin, a couple of guys who are like chatting and obviously like, lost in conversation. One of them like just bumps into you accidentally, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, stranger, wasn't looking where I was going." And then his uh, his friend who's with him is like, "Oh yeah, come on, I can see you've had a couple of pints at the knob already. Come on, let's go and have another one, and uh, we'll get you settled down." He's like, "Sorry, sorry about that, stranger." He's He's had a little. Don't mean anything by it. Obviously, check. See if he's trying to pickpocket me. <laughs> you, you check. You check yourself, and nothing appears to have been taken. Where's this pub you're at? He's like. He's like. Oh, he says. Uh, he says Chuck's knob. He says. Well, since you see the bridge over there, just over the river, he's like over there, past the tax tower, the the big tower you can see there, and then. Take take the take the path to the to your left as you're over there. Can't miss it. All right. It's this way. Lead on. The spirits they call to me. <laughs> okay, so you guys head over the bridge. You pass this tower that they they mentioned they call the tax tower it's a fairly squat i mean it's not like a, a tall tower it's like two stories it's made of like pale whitey pink stone you can see there's like horses next to it. there's like a little stable you see a few what you might think of like squires or sort of like hired helpers so like feeding the horses hay and stuff like that then you turn left and head to an old wooden building it looks like a you sort of vaguely following behind these two guys since that, that's where they said they were going it looks like an old uh, wooden warehouse to be honest you know, like converted perhaps 
but there's a, a creaking wooden tavern sign outside and it appears to show a slimy green tentacle on the sign. You can see that there's a couple of people sort of sat on wooden chairs and stalls outside smoking pipes. As you watch, you see a a young man, probably in his mid-teens. He comes walking out of the the pub or the inn, you might assume. As he walks, as the door opens behind him, you hear like a few voices, yay, like cheering as he goes out. And you can see him sort of, he's like... And as he sort of takes his hand away from rubbing his arm, you can see he's got one of these black tentacle tattoos on his arm, but like the, the skin around it is all like red and raw, as though it's like just been done. And a couple a couple of the guys are like smoking pipes, they're like Your first one is a youngster. Uh, don't 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 worry, the stinging will go away soon. Don't you worry about it. Take take from us old timers. Good good to see the young folk keeping up the traditions. And they go back to smoking their pipes and talking about like the day's fishing catch. The young lad's like, he looks like he's about to say something, and then he's just like, oh. and he starts like walking back towards the, walks past you guys, just gives you like a friendly nod, walk, starts walking past you back towards the, the ramshackle village. You see him like, heading towards the bridge. The two men you were following have like disappeared inside. Yeah. Um, I'm going to head in. I'm, I'm looking for somewhere to rest or land to, uh, you know, put land down to rest and yeah, the brother not so looking problem. for a room, basically. You head inside and it's, like I say, it's, it's a pretty bit crude compared to the taverns you've been in previously. Like I say, it looks like basically it used to be like a big wooden warehouse and some vague attempts have been made to like convert it into an inn. It's basically like a, just a huge room with tables and chairs and some booze in it. One thing that does strike your attention, though, is as you walk in, they're sort of stood behind the bar and sort of like chatting to people is what appears to be a a very sort of slightly rotund, let's say, sort of burly-looking man. However... His face has like some of the characteristics of like a goat's face, and he has like two large horns sort of sweeping back over his head, and his legs actually appear like those of a goat, with hooves mm. bending the wrong way, sort of rough wiry fur on them. They're locked. As you walk in, a couple the the two guys you followed are at the bar, and he, he's basically saying, "Oh, will it be?" And they're like asking for drinks, and he's sorting out drinks, etc. Uh, does there seem to be any sign of sort of accommodation of any sort? Is it literally just the one room? It, it literally just looks like a big warehouse with tables and chairs. Mm. I'm just gonna, you know, wait for them to have their be served or whatever, and ask the barman or the guy serving the drinks if he knows of anywhere we could find, you know, a room basically to stay. He says, "Well, if you uh." And there's an odd sort of, like, which I won't attempt to do because it'd be very, there's an odd sort of like slight sort of like goatee like warble to like his voice as he, mm. as he sort of says things like, you know, that sort of like <laughs> that goats do, sort of like every time he speaks. And he's like, well, if, if you want to get your head down, stranger, he's a, if you've got a bed roll, you can, you're welcome to keep down at the far end. Uh, I, I can't promise you it's going to be quiet or very private. 
but you know, I ain't gonna charge you for it. Yeah. And he's he's nowhere like, else. Get your head right down. He's like, he's like, well, no, he's, he's like, well, we, we're the only Chuck Snobs, the only, uh, the only in in the in the village, so to speak. Uh, after all, it's only a we're only a simple little village here, and well, even the old forts are tumbling down a bit now. Where we don't really see much trade or that hereabouts. So there's, there's not much call for a bit. One of your your fancy big city taverns. Okay, that. That's fair. I, I shall take you up on the offer. So I'm I'm going to head over and try and make Lan as comfortable as possible. Yeah. And... As you sort of head down the far end of, like I said, this, this long sort of warehouse building, you can see that as you get about three quarters of the way down, the tables and chairs actually stop. And sort of at the far end, there's already like a few people who basically just like chucked their bed rolls down on the floor in like free spaces and they're like, they're getting their heads down. Mm-hmm. And it seems just like, a, almost like, you know, like students sort of... Uh, like DOS houses, yeah. It almost seems a bit like that. He's like, "Oh, it's not a room. I'm not going to charge you." But you know, like, it, it is what it is. It's just a place you can get your head down, but you're going to have to put up with the noise and the people. So yeah. you can easily find. I mean, it's early in the morning, so there's only a couple of people sort of getting their head down. So yeah, you yeah. can easily find space to like set land down. I say she yeah. she appears in better shape than a uh, uh, young brother Dunwallow, but um, yeah. As soon as I've sort of made a comfortable, I'll go and get the brother. And do similar, and you know, put them sort of, basically, sort of close together, so I can look over them and watch over them. Yeah, not a problem. You you managed to find like a court, one of the corners of the warehouse, which is like pretty clear, and you basically put them in there. Because obviously, then you've only got to watch a couple of sort of angles of approach, yeah. rather than sort of like watch them all around. So yeah, you, you set them down and you start making them co- as comfortable as you can. What are the rest of you guys doing as this is going on? I'm going back to the old guys. Yeah, you had outside. There's these two couple of like they look like old fishermen. You know, they've got like waders on, big like Captain Bird's eye, like grey bushy beards. They're, they've got big like pipes. They're smoking. There's a let's put like an open sort of leather pouch with some tobacco in it. There's a couple of pewter tankards on the little table. They sat at outside, and they're just sort of like they're basically puffing on their pipes, and they're like. Like, oh, I remember when we had, like, proper fishermen, like, back in our day. You know, we had none of these, like, newfangled rods that these uh, youngsters are using now. You have to have proper skill at it when it was back in my day. They are oh, the weather came, you creatures from the deep, big chuck. We had to all deal with it like a man, none of this newfangled malarkey. Oh, they were proper fishermen back in them days. And they they barely even seem to notice you as you like, as you sort of stroll out of the the inn and like approach them. They're, they're have they got like, tattoos as well. You you can't tell with one because he's, he's a bit more well clothed. One of them you do see like he's got the tattoo on his neck there, although it's quite faded. It was obviously done like quite some time ago. Oh, sorry, I just say then. Excuse me, gentlemen. Is that? Oh, what can we do for you, youngun? I just wondered if you could tell me about the tradition of these uh, tentacle tattoos here. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, sir. And the, the other guy actually like, pulls up his sleeve to show he has got one on his arm. And he's like, oh, well, it's a it's a local tradition. Uh, leg, legend has it that there's a great monster that dwells in the depths of the lake. We call him Big Chuck. It's just, just legend, mind. I mean, I've been living here all my life, and I ain't never seen nothing like it. But you know how these things get started, and it, it was thought back in the day that if you if you had to go out on the deeper waters to do your fishing, if you had this tattoo, 
it protect you from big chuck coming up and grabbing you with his tentacles and wow it got to be a bit of a tradition and now sort of like amongst us fisher folk in the village when you sort of come of age and you know you start being able to go out and make a living for yourself it's tradition for you to get one of these tattoos in fact uh older shankwalder there in the uh in chuck's knobby he does them now and uh well he didn't charge nothing for them so it's like it's a bit, bit bit of a bit of a rite of passage for 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 the youngsters you know coming of age but well anyone can get them like i say shankwalder doesn't even charge for it i mean i mean he can do it he can do the tattoos as well but he does charge for them Cheers, old fella. Uh, oh, when no your drink's man. empty, come see me. It's like, oh, most kind of you. What's your name, young fella, my lad? It's Quentin, mate. Quentin, oh, that's, a, that's an unusual name, but uh, m much obliged to you, much obliged to you. And he has a big puff on his pipe. I'll see you inside. Ah, ah, maybe, maybe. And you went back inside. Okay, so while Quentin's talking to the old folk, what are Weimar and Malcolm up to? Yeah, I was, I was stalking Tapway as well, so... Yeah, that's fine. Probably, you can be outside you know, as this is going on. Yeah, so it's probably shadowing Quentin outside. Because I was going to talk to them about the exact same thing, so... If there's anything you want to interject or anything extra you wanted to ask, feel free to let us know and we'll... So they, they sort of indicated, like, where you could go get some ink done. Yeah, they basically right. said that um, Shankwald, the... The yeah. sort of proprietor of the tavern, which you assume is like the big goat man. Yeah. They said that he does the tattoos and he, he doesn't actually charge for the tentacle ones. They're like, if you want something like fancy or different, you can mm -hmm. do that as well, but you do charge for, for other stuff. But like, because it's part of like local tradition, and to be honest, it's a fairly simple tattoo. It's just like a black sort of wiggly tentacle. Mm -hmm. It's probably not difficult to do. And they're like, I don't even charge for that. So I guess I would be uh, going over next to the proprietor and, and negotiating for a price. You, you walk in and there's this big burly, uh, this big burly goat man, and he's like, "Do something for you, stranger." I hear tell that you're the man to see about some ink. All right, I do a bit of needlework now and then. Uh, what's your range? Well, I can do I can do pretty much most things. I've got I've got most colours. Uh, it depends what you're after. We got blue. Yeah, dark blue. It's it's a bit a bit of a purpley blue, but I can. We can start blue enough. You know what a what a like an oyster is. So, of course, I know what an oyster is. Right. So, pearls. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so we're and I'll explain to him about like um, like an open oyster with like a shiny pearl, like giving off like the the light rays and, and whatnot, uh, which I would like to like not like large but something on the on the forearm there. He's like, he's like, yeah, I can do that for you, not a problem. It take a couple of hours, and uh, yeah. I should tell you that like I can do it for you fairly cheap if you just wanted it with black ink, but. The blue is a little bit more expensive. I can do it, but you're looking at about 15 gold crown for it. Yeah, let's go with the black. Depending on how big you want it. I mean, if we're talking about this sort that of size. That size. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, like, he's like, well, I'll tell you what, we'll call it five gold crown if you just want it in black. 
Don't want to tell much to him. Yeah. Pro probably okay, take, so... probably take about half hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deal. He's, he's like, right, well, you want it now? I think, uh, yes, yes, because, and I'll look over it. And, and we're basically settling down for a bit, right? Yeah. Like he, he, he walks over and he like grabs a stool and just like puts it uh, mm -hmm. next to the bar. And he's like, he's like, Rubble, mind the bar for a bit. Got to do a bit of needlework on this fellow here. And like one of the locals, you presume, is just like, yeah, yeah, no problems. And he, he sort of meanders over to the bar and he's like, right, get yourself a, get yourself sat down on this chair. He's like, and he, he start he rummages under the bar and he, comes back mm -hmm. with like one of those leather like roll out sort of like pouches mm -hmm. you can see there's little bottles of various like pigments and inks in there and then there's these like massive almost like actual acupuncture style like needles mm -hmm. in there like loads of them different thicknesses etc and he's like he, he sort of pulls out what looks like a little wooden peg about that sort of long and he's like mm -hmm. right now can be a bit painful he's like you're gonna need this or you see this here, and I'll you know like stomp my peg leg. <laughs> he's like, he's like, well, yeah, he's like, but it do get some people funny. I've had big burly fellows come in here, and a few minutes of these like needles jabbing at their skin, well, they come over all funny, and they start their eyes start rolling about, and they start swooning, swooning like a little maiden going out on a first date. Yeah, if, if and we'll... I've seen young lads handle it fine. <laughs> Yeah, I I did this, and it was probably the single most unpleasant thing in my life. And uh, I can believe it. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll give it a go. Is that right? Sit yourself down then. And he starts. Mm -hmm. as you know, it's like traditional tattooing. You know, he's like mm -hmm. jabbing you yeah, with these little needles. You stick it in. in. Quite yeah. <laughs> and obviously, it's painful. But like you say, you, yeah. you've been through. You've been through far worse things. So <laughs> no test, no nothing or any of that nature involved. Yeah. It's very painful. Your arm's going to be a bit sore. It's going to take him about half an hour to do. Mm -hmm. It's going to cost you five gold pieces. So take that off, like your party funds or whatever you, you're using. Yeah, I think because I, I I do have like some artifacts and like some silver. But Malcolm, if you got the <laughs> the total funds, then no worries. Yeah, he's like a he's like. Do you want me to throw in a throw in a black tentacle while you're doing it? He's like, throw that in for no, for for nothing. Nah, nah. I'm. Um, I, I was a. I was a pearl, pearl diver. Um, oh right, it, right. It was the 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 uh, the tentacle of our other people's business. He's like, well, it's more more of a local tradition than than anything. All, all the fishermen hereabouts have got them. He says. Uh, yeah. He says, well, I, I just when when the last fella sort of like passed on, unfortunately, I sort of inherited this, and he's he's chatting while he's like doing this, and he sort of mm -hmm. gestures down at the. The role with all the gear, and he's like, "Yeah, I sort of inherited this." And uh, well, you know, people people were starting to complain like, how they're going to keep the tradition on. I thought, well, I, I'm not too bad at it. It took me a while to get up to speed, but you know, I've sort of kept the tradition going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's fun. Local color, quite quite literally. <laughs> well, yeah. And he carries on. So, one mm -hmm. thing you do notice about this guy is he's like doing it. He's his breath is absolutely horrendous. Like the smell of his breath. Is well, it, it smells like a goat smells. Is it, 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 it's, are, it's fairly are his, pungent? Are his teeth falling out, or is it is it something else? His teeth aren't falling out. However, 
much as his face resembles a goat's with the horns and everything, his teeth look like those of a goat. Mm-hmm. And he's, yeah. his breath smells like he's like at half of a farmyard, like dung and all. Mm-hmm. But um, to be honest, it's probably a good job you've got the, the pain of the needles to like distract from the awful <laughs> yeah, distract. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> but he, he carries on doing that. And like half an hour later, obviously, feel free to pronounce so you carry a cheat or yep. not, you will have an oyster tattoo. Yep. Uh, so while that's going on, Malcolm, you can obviously see Weimar's getting getting his tats done. Quentin's outside talking to the to the old foe. Brock's settling your injured companions in the corner, like keeping an eye on him, like guarding him, sort of stood over them. What's Malcolm up to? Um, so I think I'd like to step outside at the same time Quentin does. Um, <clears throat> yep. And you I see um... Quentin's just sort of like finished talking to these old folk. And they're like, going, oh, yeah. well, thanks very much, youngster. Is he saying, oh, I'll get you a drink at the bar. And I guess I'm looking to find some little uh, scamp running around. Uh, yeah, there's, a, the, there's youngsters about. Um, so I want to grab the first youngster and ask him, is there any healers in town or any healers around? He's like, he's like oh, what do you mean, like? And he almost looks around to make sure like he's not going to get tied off. He's like, what do you mean, like, devilry in that? <sighs> yeah, or herbalist, herbalist too. But yes, devilment as well. He's like, oh, no, you, you, won't, find no, you won't find no devilry about it. He says, uh, he says oh, I, I tell, you, tell you, we might be able to help, you know. He's, he's like, uh, he's like you, you see that hill up there? And he points to, like, this hill with a, a sort of a, a small chapel on the top of it. And he's like, he's like, oh, that's the, uh, that's St. Dugan's Chapel. He's like, if you go up there, the old, uh, the old friar might uh, be able to help you out. Okay. So I, I don't know, I don't know anything about no, no devilry though, or healing though, but. Uh, okay. It's this older, older Dre, Father Dre might be able to help you out. Okay. And, uh, who was the lord of the fort? He says, "Oh, well, we don't actually have a, we don't actually have a lord." He says, "All this hereabouts is a, is a Brackenwald. Like you can see the, the the unicorn. That's the Brackenwald unicorn." He says, uh, "There's a, there's there's one of Brackenwald's knights who's like in charge of the fort, and uh, but he, he doesn't really come down to come down to the docks very much. I mean." Obviously, we see like the we see the tax collectors and whatever from the tower, and there's 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 more knights and whatnot there. Who like, you know, if we're if we're in any danger, I'm sure they'd come out and save us. But yeah, he mostly like lets us get on with, mostly okay. lets us get on with our our stuff. Does uh, Sir Osric? Sir Osric. Yeah, that's okay. right. Uh, and who was, uh, who knows the history of the town and the fort best? He says, oh, the history of the. Uh, Street of town, he says. Well, we're, you you probably again probably be the probably a uh, father Draper. He says, oh, you you, you could go to the um, the dockmaster's cottage. It's it's just down the way. The old uh, the old dockmaster's fair getting on in years. He might be able to he might be able to tell you something. And he sort of like points to the this building to the south okay. of the tavern and says, oh yeah, that's the old dockmaster's place. And there, he might be able to tell you a bit. Okay. Cool. And I'll toss him a silver coin 
and he's like, like oh thanks and he, he disappears into the inn and then like a few moments later as like the door's still like swinging shut you hear the voice of like the goat man proprietor from inside going no you're still too young go on, get out of it and you see him sort of like sheepishly come like walking out no. and he starts like mooching his way back off towards the village um, cool. And then I'll head for the chapel and try and speak to Father Dre. Yeah, not a problem. You you head up this slightly steep hill. I mean, it's, it's nothing massive. It's just like a steep hill. Um, there's a tall, narrow church building made of wood on top of it. You can see there's a there's a mixture of again like fisher folk and what look like boatmen based on their their sort of gear that they're wearing. They're all sort of knelt in prayer you can see like the the cross of like the church of the one true god sort of hung up in there and there's a bold um chubby man wearing vicar's garb and he's walking around sort of just talking to the locals um you know sort of things like oh you know how, how's your mother doing oh yes good i'm glad she's on the mend uh, well tell her that i'll say a prayer for her come uh, come sunday service and you know, so sort of going around and just making general chit chat with people. Okay. Um <clears throat> so I'll kinda uh just approach him and go, sorry, is it Father Dre, is it? Dre Drabe. Drabe. He says he says, Oh yes, sir, <laughs> that that's me, Father Drabe. Ah, uh, we've recently arrived in town. Oh, we have some injured companions. Oh, I'm terribly sorry to hear that. Uh, I I hear that you may be able to um, assist, maybe a medic of some description. He says, "Well, uh, I I wouldn't call myself a medic. I I do have some small knowledge of herbs. I mean, it's mostly used for, you know, treating." Uh, Treating the ailments of the the old folk and uh, seeing away like nasty colds and stuff like that, but uh, I'm I'm happy to try and do what I can if you think it'd be useful. Well, I certainly can't do any harm if you're we're willing to come down to Shrug's uh, Knob and check them out. We would be really appreciative. Uh, yeah, yes, of course. Uh, uh, lead on. He, he turns to like one of his. Um, parishioners he says uh, um, could you just uh, keep it on the place I've just got to go and uh, go with this fellow here spot, spot of business I'll, I'll be back soon don't, don't you worry and he, he he sort of waddles out after after you towards uh, Chuck's knob you both re-enter so you head over to where Brock is still sort of guarding Lam and um, the younger brother and he, he looks at them and he says uh, he says oh Oh, very odd. Uh, how did uh, how did how did they get these injuries? Uh, we're not sure, um, but we were hoping that you might be able to ease their suffering. Oh, well, well, I, I don't do any of that. I'm a. I, and they said, "Oh, oh, I see. Sorry, sorry. I thought I think you meant something else." Uh, um, well, yes, and he starts like rummaging around in like his belt pouch, and he. He shouts over some water at the bar and he mixes some herbs in it. And he makes this sort of herbal tea. Take takes about 15 minutes. And he, he sort of like gently like gives a bit to, to Lan and uh, 
to Brother Dunswallow. And it does seem to sort of like calm that, like their breathing becomes a little bit more steady. It doesn't insta-heal any of their wounds or whatever, but it seems to like calm them down. Their breathing becomes more steady, their chests rising and falling more regularly. And he says, uh, well, uh, I'm afraid I think that's probably the best I can do. I mean, they'll, uh, they'll definitely need to sleep off some of this, but it will be... I'll, I'll leave the rest of the uh, I'll leave the rest of the tonic there uh, when when they when they wake up um, divide it between the two of them see see they drink it all down I mean it's not the best the best tasting thing in the world but it will help help the body to heal itself a little bit more quickly. We will indeed. Thank you very much for your time. Oh, not a problem. Not a problem. Uh, are you planning on staying long in a? In uh... A number of days, as we need our companions to regain their uh, their <clears throat> um, yeah, I guess to to uh, recover from their injuries. Well, if there's a if there's anything else uh, you need, I you, you can find me at the chapel most days. Uh, uh, blessings of the one true God on you and your friends. May may you keep them safe and see them restored to full health. Hopefully, he will, and on you. And he, he sort of smiles and nods and then he heads out of the door. He like chats to a couple of locals on his way out and then disappears out the door. Um, are the guy's wounds kind of bandaged and cleaned and all yeah, that good yeah, stuff? It, yeah, he'll have done all of that while he was sort of preparing. Okay. Cool. Uh so once he's gone, I'll turn to the guys and say, suggest we settle down, uh, give the guys some time to recover, and maybe talk about what our next move should be. Let's have a drink. Let's have a meal. Let's have some sleep. Do we need to uh, recover any provisions after some over uh, uh Someone was a little bit... Uh, um, what was it last session? They were a bit ravenous. Yeah, oh, yes. A bit ravenous on the provisions. Can't remember who that was, but. I think it was a few people. Um, a little bit wasteful. <laughs> yeah. We have about 10 days worth for the oh, okay. five, seven of us. So I think we're not, we're not desperate. We're okay. And to be fair, you really don't think if you needed to, it probably wouldn't be difficult to do a bit of fishing, like. There's plenty Hunting of old people fishing hereabouts. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah, over in the uh, over in the corner, you see this like large sort of burly goat man who was like previously behind the bar. You see like Weimar sat on this this stool. He's getting his like tattoo done on his arm. But they're sort of chit chatting as he's like pricking him with these needles on his arm. Weimar's occasionally like he sees like he's turned his face like as far away from this like goat man's head as like. You possibly can. He's like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like trying to like breathe through his mouth while he's like talking to him. Well, he asked for it. Okay. So, what do you guys <laughs> want to do? You want to like, get, get a, a drink, drink, get some food, <laughs> get some sleep. Um, John, are we like exhausted? Like we've been running all night, or are we refreshed? You are pretty tired. Okay. So it would be a reasonable assumption that we left at uh, Abbey close to dusk and we basically we've run all night and we're like kind of 
basically you feel like for 24 hours of sleep kind of you stuff. feel like you've undergone some pretty heavy like physical exertion i mean like brock obviously you you know that you've been just about like, how your arms are aching you've probably been like carrying land for quite some time mm. i mean not to the point where like oh, oh i can't lift my arms up because you're like quite a strong fellow but even you you're like oh yeah i can tell i've been carrying yeah away, away for a fair while and we have got signs of some sort of injuries haven't we we've yeah, you've all got like minor like nicks and scratches and a few little yeah. bruises, but nothing like serious. But still no way of really putting anything together to what what caused those injuries. Um, Can I ask a local how far it is to the Abbey? You you ask one of the locals and he's like, Oh, it'll be about two two, three day. Oh. Down down the older uh, road. He sort of jerks a thumb in the direction of the road heading out of the town. Okay. Um, do, do people in the Donnellwood track dates the way we do in Valcon, do we know? They they don't seem to use the same calendar, but like you've not really sort of delved into the... Just for ease, I'm just sort of using like normal days. But um, yeah, they, yeah. they do have their own calendar, but obviously it doesn't really mean anything to you guys. Okay. okay. And would we think that we're tired enough that we've ran non-stop for three days? You don't think you've run non-stop for three days. You'd yeah, be like full okay. ball, like exhausted, about ready to collapse. Whereas okay. you feel tired, but you don't feel like, oh, I can't take another step or I'm going to just fall unconscious. Okay. And have we been eating? Have we use some of our provisions over the last few days you don't seem to have used any of your provisions but you obviously have eaten now whether that means you've hunted or foraged you're not sure hmm. but you're not like ravenously hungry or anything so presumably no. you must have eaten just got no memory of it either hmm. that or you've eaten some of your provisions and then you foraged and like replaced them yeah you honestly don't know I still find it strange that someone would like control your mind or wipe your mind, but there's no, you know, you'd have thought they'd have like stole something from us or, you know, had some sort of reason to do it other than maybe it's the place we were at or some sort of area we went through that caused this. Or something wanted us out of the forest. But where were we heading before we sort of lost our way? Well, the last the last you remember, like before the gap, I was heading out of the abbey. But... Yeah, you were you were talking sort of like, oh, we know the we know this green steel, this green blade is somewhere to the west of here. We believe yeah. you were talking about trying to like narrow that down and like heading west in search of that. Yeah, but. That's the last you remember. You don't actually remember heading west. I think we was going to try and find another one of the stones, weren't we? Or yeah, potentially. I think we've gone east, though. No, we've gone west. No, I think we started to the east, and we've been travelling west sort of ever since. And we well, sort of north and then west. Yeah, pretty much. So we're sort of roughly going the same direction, but they could could be right. They could be trying to steer us away from something if we were going towards something they didn't want us to go towards it's that or that 
woman that Malcolm met speeded up our progress. What, the elf woman? Yeah. Strange as she would aid us without. I was going to say, she she didn't seem to be scared to reveal herself before, did she? Well, to Malcolm, anyway. Maybe because we were there, maybe that caused. Um, John, we remember everything that happened in the Abbey, do we? Yes, you do, yeah. Okay, so. The last last you remember is you'd rescued Brother Dunn's Wallow, you'd killed the Harpies, you were outside the Abbey going, like, right, what we're going to do next for our next leg of the journey. And you were discussing, oh, we know the swords to the west. Maybe we head west. We try and find a way to narrow down more exactly where it is. And we'll see where we go from there. Okay. You think the village would know anything about rumours or legends of swords or the the, the, um, like the drune or anything that might aid us? The, the young scamp I spoke to didn't seem all that comfortable talking about topics of that nature. Magic-y stuff. Yeah, not dissimilar to yourself. Um, perhaps once we've eaten and, and slept a conversation with either the knight in charge or, or the father again might be of, of benefit. Um, and... Yeah, because I wonder, because... The priests of the one, assuming no one can overhear us. Um, yeah, there's plenty of conversation going on, but no one's yeah, paying yeah. Back attention to you guys. So the church, church of the one true God, would be interested in silencing us if they know that we know what we know. Um, the drone were also very interested in the weapon, mm. so they would also be interested in what we know. Although we know very little of interest to them because. The old fact that it left, and your the elven Abbey. friend was yes. very interested in the wood returning to its original. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know why they would take memories from us. I know. I'm not saying they have, but yeah. Just thinking of all the parties that we've sort of been involved with since yes. we've been here. It does feel like a fairy trick. For time to pass so quickly. So does that mean we were close to something that might have been of use? I wonder, but there's also three days travel between here and there, so it may not even have been the Abbey. Or were they trying to silence the brother? Since he seems to have come off it the worst. Mm. And we managed to escape. If we're looking at the wounds, John, are they like sword wounds or... Like badly bruising, or are they yeah, like they're, grazes? Or they're more sort of bruises, as though like you've been like hit with like some sort of blunt object. Okay. Hmm. I say we grab the sword, fuck this place, and go home. If only it was that simple. <laughs> it is that simple. <laughs> All right, we'll go and pick so we up have the, to sword. Find the sword. We'll first. wait here for you. Yeah. I wonder what the sun sort of sense now that it's. And 
And yeah, I we have travelled a bit west. further west, haven't we? Yeah. I think since obviously like Wymore's had to step away for a little bit, we'll basically just say until he gets back, he's like having his tattoo done. Yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah, a yeah. nice, easy sort of like sideline for him. Yeah, no problem. Um, but yeah, if, you, if yeah. you want to speak to the sword, obviously you can do that because I'm playing the sword. So. Oh, we can wait for it. Why won't we get back? It's not a problem. It's just a... Yeah. Um. Oh, as if as if by solar magic. Oh, oh! Uh, did someone speak my name? Oh, they, they, they said "Why am I alone?" Grove three times in a mirror. <laughs> yeah. So, so at this point, Why am finished having his tattoo done? And he sort of wanders back over. He's because he's been trying to avoid the hellacious breath of this goat man, mm. and uh, obviously he was some distance from you guys, so he's not heard what you've been talking about. But he sort of like, wanders over, having you know, arm looks a bit tender, but it's fine. You've got this like, oyster and pearl tattoo. On your arm, or wherever you've asked for it to be done. Yeah, yeah, arm. Yeah. And you sort of wander over. You see these guys are sort of like huddled around the uh, brother Dunswallow and uh, mm -hmm. Lan Rivara, who are sort of still on the bed rolls, but they look a bit more peaceful now. They're sort of like huddled around in that like obviously that like yeah. fairly deep conversation. And, and as you approach, you hear like Brock going, "Well, if it's that easy, you go and get it, and we'll wait here for you." <laughs> And Quentin's like, what is that easy? What do we think about as far as the rest of the day? I say, as I you know, get there. Um, so we think we're going to spend the rest of the day resting. Um, and then that we might speak to the friar again, or the knight in charge, mm -hmm. um, tomorrow when we're rested and recovered a little bit. Um, we have been discussing um, uh, suggestions for who might have attacked us, um, and we have discussed the uh, Church of the One True God, who may wish to silence the information that we have the drone who may look to find out what information we found um or the fails may also potentially mm. have done it um so what i've been thinking about is what if we found what we're looking for and that's why we're here now yes and if that's the case, then I, I don't know what to do next. <laughs> Perhaps the old Dolby might inspire us. Did we? Did we bring any with us, or did we stock up on the local? <laughs> uh, I've got no, one have, left. I have. There was 16, so I'm gathering we bought 20 and used four, so there is a few doses flowing. Oh, Malcolm's a dealer, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. So he's the old Dobby dealer. Is <laughs> the contact. Uh, Dobby, man. Put you up with some of that Dobby. Get, get me some um, of that, that old D, man. Yeah, I mean, if we're resting up, then it might be worth... Yeah, we get some of that vitamin D. Okay, so you guys know how this works. When you're vexed by a problem, 
you can sit down get out your pipe spend an hour or so in quiet contemplation you're resting anyway so that's fine when the if the hour passes undisturbed which it largely will bit of background noise people coming and throwing but no, no one's really bothering you one of you gets to make an intelligence check if several of you are smoking together the most intelligent character can make the intelligence check and you get a a bonus of one per companion up to a maximum of four if it's obviously you have to tell me what you're pondering if you succeed on the intelligence check you get a clue about the matter you're contemplating but obviously ever anyone who's participating will also require at least a single plug of whatever pipe weed is your particular preference So what would the question be? Or what would we... You know, what happened over the last two days? Or... Or how where, to get to... Where, where to going. find the sword? or Yeah. I think, like, uh, probably... When it comes down to it, we probably want to know... You know, how, how to get at the sword. Which we know is, is maybe not a simple thing, because we... We do know that it's kind of dispersed. It's sort of like the essence is somehow, you know, maintaining this place anyway. So I, I think like that's the ultimate goal. But it would be cool to know what happened. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, have you spoken to your companion recently? Would uh, he be able to shed any light on this? That's, I mean, that's, it's that's probably wouldn't be that's... Brock's suggestion, but mm -hmm. yeah, no, that's that's something that I don't think Weimar has you know, figured out yet because there's been, you know, there's been things going on. <clears throat> but yeah, that's something we can do. He might not have been affected in the same way and was just like carried along. He might have yeah. been aware of his surroundings and, usually, and what was going on. Usually that is entirely the case. The The sword seems to be fairly well isolated by the, its, you know, existence <laughs> as a sword. Well, I don't know if he would have like chirped up when he realised that you were wondering or if you need to sort of it, prompt him. It's not spoken up yet. Yeah, no. yeah, and and when it wants to, when it feels like there's cause, it will. So I mm. guess like whatever and this is like like sort of switching back between, you know, uh, us and the characters, I guess. Um but it it has, you know, jumped up in the past when it it's felt the need, so yeah, like I say, Brock so wouldn't suggest it to you, so it was more yeah, yeah. out of character. I was just... Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's something that like Weimar is going to get around to eventually, like when he's done being tattooed and and smoking the doby and okay, well, let's know, having a, having a good Friday evening. Okay, so so who's who's partaking in the the old doby? Yeah, let's all go for it and get the maximum bonus. Yeah, yeah I think I think <laughs> yeah. we're we're all gonna you know okay, get yeah, our vitamins. That'll, that'll cost you four plugs of old doby. And whoever makes the intelligence check, effectively you'll get like a minus three bonus to it because obviously you're trying to roll below your yeah. intelligence. So it's down um, to you guys who's the who's the person going to make the roll. Yeah, I don't know who normally does it. I think oh, it's the person with the highest intelligence. Yeah, I think it's Weimar. I've got fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Now, now that we have Quentin, we probably need to switch up because yeah, I've been doing me. it a couple of times. But yeah, Quentin's. Uh, well, it's definitely not me. I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, so yeah, no, Quentin. Cr cross off your four old Doby and Quentin make me an intelligence check with a minus three bonus. You know, 
<laughs> oh, that is. So that's gone horribly wrong, yeah. Oh, that's added to three, right? No, it's minus. Yeah, that's so minus. Yeah. Oh, and it's still divided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so obviously you don't get nothing because you've been sat around for an hour, like chatting about it. You, you don't get like a massive clue, but it does occur to you that if, as Malcolm was sort of suggesting earlier, you travelled down this road to to this place you're in now from the ruins, then maybe someone like local might have seen you on the road, like travelling in. Like you know, if you if you travel down the road to this place and then suddenly you're like Shazam, I've lost my memory. Someone might have seen you on the road, so you might at least get a clue of like, did you actually come down the road or not? But beyond that, you're at a bit of a loss, despite the old Dobie. So the, so the best we can hope for, then, is finding if that road is used and if it's, uh, anybody saw us travelling it. That would mean we've not come out of a, a portal or doorway-type scenario. I mean, the wounds as, themselves as well, they're fairly light, aren't they? Yeah. They're just like little bruises. And like... So it's almost like we've either gone through um, a lot of thicket or, you know, when you run really fast and you, you can feel the wind in your face and you do it at the beach, you get the sand as well and it's kind of like sand papers your face, you know. Could we have gone ridiculously fast? As you're contemplating this, up the door to the inn opens, and a again like a fairly sort of like buff-looking guy comes walking in. He's got like a big wooden oar like over his shoulder that he like leans up against the wall as he comes in. Obviously, the goat man's now like back behind the bar, and he's like, "Right, let, let's let's get a round in for everybody, shall we? I'm feeling a little bit flush." And uh, the goatman's like, "Oh, uh, yeah, you, you've done some, you've done some good, uh, good some pa- good passage, have you, Reb?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, a uh, few few likely fellas uh, took them across on the barge over the uh, over the lake earlier on. Paid me quite handsomely, they did." He's like, "Come on, Dr- drinks are on me," and like everyone's like, "Oh yeah, nice one." Like, people are, like getting up and like getting the drinks and whatever. The government's are pouring drinks half people. So he's a like a ferryman, did he say? He's, that's what he seemed to be suggesting. Yeah. Um. Well, I'll go to the bar and see if I can wangle a free drink. Seems everyone else is getting in. Yeah, you you walk up get to the, the queue. bar. <laughs> you, you stand behind the fellow. He's so right. He's just finished talking to someone and he turns around and he sort of sees you and he's like, oh, hello again. Uh, did we meet on the way in? No, he, he's like I say, he's just literally walked in. No, no, I mean, he said, oh, hello again. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I said, uh, so did we meet earlier? I sort of questioned him. <laughs> he sort of said, listen, listen to this joker here. He like turns back to the goat man and he's like, He's like, oh, this is one of this is one of the fellas I, I ferried across the lake. I was telling you about. Um, 
Took him right, right, right across to the West Bank, I did. Rest the West Bank. You took us to the West Bank, or you took us from the West Bank? Oh, I took you from the East Bank over to the West Bank. And then I, then I went back again. So, from this sort of map of the area, we're, where are we now then? We're on the West Bank, by the sounds of it. Well, technically, you're on the East Bank, because like this sort of area is... Well, the, the East Bank is obviously over on the East. But yeah. you're, sort of, you're sort of like at the top of the lake now. Right. And he seems to be suggesting that he met you sort of further south on the, the east Come side. Just and then travelled across, across the, the lake. Side. So perhaps instead of coming up the road, you actually went across the lake and then like up the other side to the top. Hmm. And uh, now you mention it, what was the name of the place you you uh, took us from? He says, oh, it was, a, he says it was just near um, Prigmanning Hill. About a couple, couple, of days, couple of days south of here, uh, just, just near that, just, just there near them old ruins. Yes, yeah, says, I do yeah, remember the the abbey. You mean? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he says, uh, he says, yeah. You said you wanted to get over to the uh, the western side of the lake. Said you were like looking for something. I, I didn't ask you what. I don't want a price. You, know, you, mm. you pay, you paid the price for for the barge. I took you across. I said we had to travel a bit, a bit north. We don't don't want to cross over the widest part of the lake. You know, you can get a bit choppy on there. But I, I took you across one of the uh, the narrower parts. Uh, Said a farewell. You, you you paid me, and I went back about my business. I didn't expect to see you here in uh, near, near Fort Volker. To be honest, I <laughs> don't don't mean to sound uh, don't mean to disparage you or nothing, uh, big fella. But uh, well, I I don't normally get that much money to like ferrying like a big party of people across. So uh, I thought, you know what? Whilst my luck was holding, I'd uh, I'd come up here, get a few drinks in for my mates here, and uh, then get back to the business. You know? Yeah. I mean, I was a little worse for wear. To be honest, so uh, I don't have a great. Oh, he says, yeah, you've got the look of the chuck about you now. Well, yeah. uh, I've been looking after my wife. She, you know, she was suffering. He says, oh, that, that, uh, that that last that you crossed over with the, uh, in the boat. Are you married, Mm. are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He says, well, you're a lucky fella. Says, oh, if I, if I was a few years younger, and uh, obviously you weren't built like a mountain. N- no offence. Mm, yeah, I'll give him a bit of a... And, and he like, get, get, gets you a drink in while you're chatting. Give him a bit of an evil eye on that statement, but um, he seems to be giving us information. Um, yeah. Um, and the, uh, the brother, he's offering... Also suffering. He says, "Oh yeah, the the the, the fellow in the, the the fryer, yeah, yeah, is he? Mm. Uh, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I don't remember. Was it was he that bad when we set off on the journey? Nah, seemed seemed fine when I took you across the lake. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, don't mean to speak ill of people, but like he, he looked a bit nervy and like he kept like glancing around, like he was like on edge and whatever. But you know, uh, yeah, these." These are priestly types. They're all a bit, all a bit, you know, bit, 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 bit strange. Yeah, it's no, not, unusual. Not, not, not that but... I mean any insult by it. I mean, you know, they, they do their thing. Yeah, as long as they don't uh, interfere with us, that's, yeah, that's their that's, business. He says, pray, praying's all very well, and you know, if you 
you, if you need a bit of prayer and you need a bit of whatever to get you through, that's absolutely fine, he says. But as long as it doesn't get in the way of uh, making a bit of coin and like getting by, that's fine, you know. People do what they do. And this guy obviously seems completely unscathed and Yeah, he's he's up. I mean, he looks like he's got a he's got a sort of like manual. You can see like his arms are like I mean, probably not to your standard, but like compared to a normal person, he's like fairly ripped, which doesn't surprise you because he's like polling a barge or whatever. Yeah. But and he's got he obviously leads a fairly sort of rough and tumble life. Like he's obviously had a few bumps and scrapes in his time, but he doesn't look like he's been injured recently. Um and are any of the other people that travelled with us come to the the village here? He says, uh, so right, let, let, let me have a look around. Like, while this is going on, where are the rest of you guys located? We're at the far end, uh, near the sleeping people on the nearest table. Yeah. Drinking, eating, trying not to fall asleep. No problem. So he like he like points towards like the rest of your companions, basically, and he's like, "Oh yeah, Daddy, I'll look over there." He says. Uh, there's that, uh, he says. Again, I don't mean to speak ill of it. And he points at like Malcolm. He's like, he's like that fella there. He was like going on about having like a, a headache and his headache getting worse. Like as we were like going across the lake, wouldn't stop going on about it. Hmm. But, but you know, he says, well, you, you paid your you paid your fare, and I can put up with this and someone can blame for a bit. It's fine. Um, and I sort of point to everyone of our group, and I said, was there anyone else? He's like, no, that's it. He says, he says, uh, that fellow over there, he points at Weimar. He's like, he was all like muttering under his breath, like as we were going across. So again, I don't mean to like speak ill of anyone, but I think I saw him talking to like my spare oar while I was like taking you across. But like, I say, you, you 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 paid your fare. I don't, don't want to say anything about it. You know, you do what you do. Didn't cause me no harm. Yeah, he's he's been under a bit of pressure lately. Wow. Says wow. Well, like, Again, don't mean to sound rude, so your business is your business. It's fine. I don't need to know what I don't need to know. Hmm. Yeah, there definitely seems to be um, somewhat of a gap in my memory. So, is it, uh, which when his eyes narrow and he's like, oh, is, is that right, is it? And he sort of, he turns back to the barman and he says, what did I tell you? I knew he had the look of the chuck about him. And the barman's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The look of the, the look of the chuck. Yeah, yeah. He says, he says, well, I, I grew up around these parts now. Don't get me wrong, everyone around here is a fisherman. They've got their own boats and whatever. So I got it into my mind like a few years ago that I was going to like set myself up a little place just to the south here along the road. And I was going to, because I've got, I've got my own boat. It's quite nice if I do say so myself. Well, well, you know, obviously. But, uh, I thought, you know, I can make a li- make a bit of extra money. Like, so obviously the fishing's still all right down there, but I can make a bit of extra money by using my boat to like, ferry people across the lake if they don't want to go all the way up the road and all the way around it or, or all down the bottom. So it's a, it's a bit... The forest gets a bit swampy down the bottom, so some people don't want to travel around there. It takes a long time. Well, I can charge a modest fee to, like, take people across the, the narrowest part of the lake. Everyone's a winner. Mm. And it's like, well, does... You, you must have heard the legends of like Big Chuck. You know, yeah, that, my, that, that my sea friends, monster yeah. that all the oldsters are on about. Uh, that yes, no one's seen ever. Mm. I said, uh, do you mind just coming over to. Uh, and, uh, no, I'll just no, no, show no, you something. Too. I just wanted to escort him over to show him 
like brother lying on the floor there. He's like, oh, what, what, what do you, well, since you're responsible for my good fortune, um, what do your friends want to drink? I'll get them some drinks and then we can take them over. Yeah, well, I'll grab what I would uh, expect them to uh, to want, yeah, ales you, or wines or whatever. Yeah, you grab like a handful of drinks and they're sort of bought over. He like, obviously pays for them. So you guys, after you've been like, talking, whatever, you see Brock come over with this like barge with him. He, he walks over, follows you over. Brock. And I just... Um, um, just before I introduce him to the others, I'll say, um, just before we arrived at the village here, right. um, something happened to our, our young brother here. Was he in this state when he was on your boat? Because I don't remember this. He says, oh, no, he says, D- definitely not. He was, he, he looked fine. Like I said, a bit nervy, but fine. He said, then he sort of like tucks under his breath. He's like, he's like, oh, that's a bad case. I've never seen anyone as bad as that. A bad case? A bad case of what? He says, well, I was just about to tell you before you asked me to, to come over here. Like I say, when I was saying like the look of the child, like, every now and then, not often, but every now and again, some COVID like stroll up into the into the village or the docks, like not having a clue of how they got there. And well the you know, the old folk around here, well all the legends of Big Chuck and whatever, they called it like they're always like got this confused look on their face, they come in and they called it the look of the chuck. Because they're like Oh, they must have seen like Big Chuck, and it's like befuddled them. Probably not. It's a legend. Like I say, no one's ever seen this thing, but it's just a saying, you know. It's, it's what people call it. And every now and again, when one of them turns up, they look like they've taken a bit of a beating, but they can never remember how they got it. But I ain't never seen no one as bad as that. Hmm. And you you dropped us off, and it was just in the docks there. Well, well there, there, there ain't no docks on the west side of the lake. It's all woods and whatnot, like a short distance from the lake. So I just dropped you off on the shore and set off our wells, and I headed back to the east side. You know? So he sort of gives us a rough description of you know, where he dropped us off. Was that where we're, our memory sort of came in, or was there a bit <laughs> from, of a gap there? From from what he said, I mean, you, you don't remember him taking you across the lake, but from what no. he said, it sounds like you were sort of heading deeper into this area where you believed the sword might have been. Yep. And you were like, right, we need to get across this lake to keep going west. And you bumped into this guy and paid him. Mm. And he took you over, took you over the lake. Where he sort of dropped us off and where our memory sort of started again, is there a bit of a gap there yeah. from his sort of description? There is, yeah. He He said he dropped you off on the west side of the lake and you were basically at like the northern, like, tip of the lake so we travelled round yeah so it's, yeah. it sounds to you like you've basically got the boat west across the lake then you've travelled north up yeah. to the top of the lake and then and your then... memory's kicked in and you've been like oh there's a fort there we need to get some yeah. help okay so there is a bit of a yeah there's a gap that we've travelled through okay well, I'll in- introduce my companions um you, you, put down you make, the drinks. You make, you make to introduce yourself, and he's like, "Oh, it's all right. I, I know, I know you all are." And he, I just... he's like, "Oh, nice to see you all again. Uh, out the uh, out the area is not treating you too bad." And again, he sort of like jingles. his like now last full pouch. He's been buying drinks for people. He's like, "Thanks again. Much appreciated." Uh, and tell me, Master Freeman. Oh, yeah. he's like, oh, no, no need for ceremony. He's like, Rem will do. Yeah, Rem. 
Um, how long has the Cynthia dropped us on the west coast? He says, oh, well, let's see. Oh, must be, must be four days gone. Okay. And you, you met us at Primmon Hill? Yeah, Prigmarin Hill. It's a well, if you if you took if you took the road out of here and you carried on south, take about two days to get to it. Okay. Give or okay. take. Hmm. Four days. Was there a wood or something on the west side of the lake? Is it fairly? Is that, yeah, it's like the, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of scrap of ground that's like clear as you get near to the shore of the lake, but then once you get a little bit beyond that, it's all woodland again, like most around here. Well, yeah. that's why they call it the Tolman Wood. And he sort of laughs at his own joke, like that's a little chuckle to himself. Mm. That's where we've been travelling through the Tolman Wood. What the sounds of it? He says, yeah. "Well, depends who you speak to." The, the, the younger folk call it the Dolman Wood, the older folk call it the Tolman Wood. Yeah, yeah. It's all the same thing. It's all a big bloody wood, isn't it? It is a big, big wood. Full of weird and wonderful things. It's like, oh, yeah. It can be dangerous if you don't know what you're looking for. Like I said, I think that's why most people stick to just, like, using the roads and whatnot, you know. I mean, I'm not saying they're safe, but they're safer. Especially as you get further north, you know, when you start getting near to the Nagwood, or oh, get a bit hairy up there. And do you think you'd find the location you dropped us off again? He says, oh, yeah, he says yeah, yeah. Easy. Well, I'd say, I, I, I met you, I was actually, I actually had some business a bit further south. I was actually travelling back to where my, uh, my hut is when I met you at Prigmarin Hill. So, we were sort of roughly like, between Prigmarin Hill and Fort Volga is where I like to stake my claim. And um, we travelled for there, like I say, sort of westwards across the lake. I, I, I could easily take you back there. That's not a problem. It's just, uh, yeah, well, to, to be honest, once I bought up some drinks here, maybe had a maybe had a bit of a night's rest, I was planning on heading back in the morning anyway. You know, I've got, got business to rub. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps in a day or two, we need to wait for our friends to recover. Yeah, yeah. Well, with you, um, like I said, I'll probably be leaving in the, uh, the morning, but... Uh, if you just follow the follow the road out of uh, Fort Volga, keep going, keep following the road for about a day, you'll see my house. Well, you know where my house is, but you'll see my house. Right. So it hasn't really helped with the mystery other than we <laughs> went across the lake. As well, if you don't need me for anything more, uh, fellas, I'm going to have one last drink. I'm going to go and say my respects and my prayers up at the chapel, and then I'm going to, uh, I'm probably going to come back here, bed down for the night, and then head off in the morning. You know, I, I don't, and obviously we're sort of getting into like mid afternoon now. Is like, I don't really like traveling when it's dark, you know, the woods can get a bit dangerous, so I'm probably going to head back in at first thing. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your oh, service. No. And he sort of like taps his coin pouch again. Oh, no, thank you. And like, like, as he sort of walks away, like to get his other drink, like a lot of the locals are like patting him on the back because he's bought more drinks. He, he heads out, goes to the church. A few hours later, he'll return and he basically beds down for the night. But unless you guys want him for anything else, he'll just sort of like leave you be. He's got his own stuff to deal with. So, yeah, so whatever's happened to us between 
Yeah, the west side of the lake and travelling up to here. Always lying to us, which seems unlikely. So does that mean what we're after is on the west side of the lake? And just to give you guys more of an idea of like where we're talking about, I'm just going to move you back to the, the Dolman Wood map briefly. So I can sort of ping it a little bit and show you guys what, what he was talking about. Mm. So I'm hoping you guys can all see the map. So basically he seemed to be saying that sort of his house was somewhere sort of here where I've pinged on the map and he was basically saying that he sort of took you across the lake here to this side of the lake so we've probably crossed over that where the river is I guess I mean, it sounds like what, from what he was saying, assuming he's telling the truth, you guys pretty much came up here from the old Abbey ruins. And when you were sort of, when you were at um, Prigmarine Hill, which is here, yeah. you met up with him. You then traveled with him to here where his house was and his business is. Then he sort of ferried you across the, the lake here mm -hmm. and somehow or other you've then gone from there up around the lake across the river or... so around the lake to the north point to uh, Fort Volga hmm. and that's all wood down that side isn't it that's just as far as one big about, wood yeah. yeah right so unless anyone has anything they want further from this map I'll move us back to the, the Fort Volga map that's fine So I think there could be some, well, I think we might be right in the fact that someone didn't want us hanging around there because there was something there that they didn't want us to know about. Yeah, Big Chuck. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. As you say, Big Chuck, a few of the locals were like, hey, Big Chuck. I mean... You see, you big... see a couple of guys like sort of like showing off their like tattoos. And like, big yeah, big Chuck. Do they have big Chuck tattoos? Like, what does it look like? Well, it seems to be the black tentacle tattoos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's just literally the okay. Yeah. So it's not like an ogre man no. at the club or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So this, I mean, this Chuck could be just something completely different. Yeah. Obviously. Um, so are we? Um, I don't know that we'll find what we were looking for there but i it seems significant either way but the problem is going back there how do we know it's not going to happen again i guess is the the issue isn't it mm -hmm. uh, i mean we could travel in two groups or something one ahead of the other or um so get two boats and watch the proceedings from one of them yeah or, or something or even go on foot and just, you know, travel far enough apart that at some point, if something happened, 
we'd see it happen and maybe be able to react to it but that's putting people in danger potentially um our our goods and um equipment seem to be intact so i'm wondering would we keep a record as we went through and might that record be you know would be intact when we if we did come back uh rather than splitting up and um, and at least it's just whether we're sort of conscious enough of what we're doing to you know leave yeah, the path I, I guess, or note it down or yeah but i think if we you know if we land where we landed and follow the tracks that we made you know four days ago then and if we track our progress in a journal as we kind of go through you know because either something happened immediately and we've lost four days as we were being you know magic or we traveled four days and then something happened and it just kind of magicked us so even going again and finding out which of those two it is is potentially valuable the the other interesting thing is we lost our memory as soon as we lost left the abbey so we we lost it before we'd even got to rim and got on the boat and crossed the lake so it's not necessarily connected to the woods on the west side of the lake or the lake it's connected mm. to rim is at the moment in brock's eyes it's all connected to when we met him which was just outside the abbey or that's sort of what he's saying you know so it don't yeah. seem to be the lake necessarily and it don't seem to be the mm. woods on the other side of the lake because we got no memory of any of that unless when you get to a certain point it goes right wipe the last four days of your memory or I, I don't know but obviously Brock is not happy about it in any shape or form as you'd expect but he'd like to get to the bottom of it so do we go back to where we met Rem and try and piece it together or are we just going to push on once we've rested up etc I think we should go on to the west coast and follow the tracks go in reverse yeah find the most the most recent point we can find before we got magic and see what's there okay go so, backwards so it sounds to me guys like you're all agreed on the fact you all want to rest up for the evening before you do anything oh yeah so oh, yeah that's not a problem we'll, we'll skip to the next morning you guys will rest up anyone who's down hit points you can recover d3 hit points you don't have to cross off any rations because you that in the tavern etc i'm going to say cross off five gold for the various bits and pieces you bought it's not a very oh. expensive or fancy tavern it's just like ale and like bread and cheese ale and tattoos yep well to be honest um, even the, the black tentacle tattoos even they're free mm, and yeah. like the, the the lodgings as long as you don't mind just dossing down in the corner of a warehouse is also free um what sort of hit points is land on john because Okay, land would be anything. on zero hit points. So shall I just do D3, shall I? Yeah, do D3. Yeah. She will regain consciousness. And if someone could roll me a, a D3 for bet. Brother Dunwallow and tell me what they get. Uh, one. Okay, so we'll be on one hit point. And lands on two. 
Should we leave the guys here to recover? Four of us go with Rem this morning. I mean, we'll obviously ask them in the morning have they got any memories of what happened over the last few days? Do they remember the journey across the lake, anything like that? Okay, at this point, Brock, you can make a save versus spells for lamp. Uh, for lamp. And I will make one for Brother Dunwally. Oh. Okay, so Brother Dunwall obviously he's very injured, he's on like one hit point. He's like, he's only like slightly conscious and he's like he wakes up and immediately he's like, Oh what happened? Like, where am I? And like, he, he he obviously doesn't remember anything about what's going on. Whereas um Lance sort of wakes I mean she's she's still quite rough. I mean again she's sort of like she's obviously a bit tougher than Brother Dunwall, but she's still not in the full blush of health but as she sort of like wakes up and her eyes open like one of her eyes is like quite badly blackened and bruised she's like oh oh good we managed to get away oh thank goodness i thought that was the end of all of us she she she, she sort of like reaches up and like almost like tenderly but her hands shaking a bit because she's still quite weak like twitches the side of your face broken and says uh, i <laughs> It hit me, and I, I think I must have, to, to, to my shame, I must have passed out. Uh, how, how did we get away? Um, well, I'll, I'll obviously embrace her, and, you know. She, she sort of like she tries to hug you, you hug her like a little bit too hard, and she's like, <coughs> but, but yeah, it, sort it doesn't of, hurt her. I sort of lay her and comfort her, and, yeah. uh, make her comfortable, and um, I say the strangest thing: none of our group can remember any of the the past well three four days however long it's been since we met this 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 the man who ferried us across the lake what lazar lazar rem lazar oh rem yes yes he took us across the lake i believe um, yes uh yes yes uh, that, that's right uh, he he had like a, a, a boat of some kind, while well, he called it a barge, it looked like a rowboat to me, but you see, he ferried across. And then she sort of like, her eyes widen as though she suddenly remembers something. She's like, did any of you manage to get the sword? No, like I say, we have no recognition of this boat or any of our, our travels over the last few days. We, I remember sort of coming to with you in my arms just outside this this village where we are now not remembering any of the well that, that makes journey. sense when i was when i was struck the last thing i remember seeing before i i lost consciousness was was you running towards me as i was falling towards the ground so what, what was this that struck you what well, what happened as as best i can remember and it's all a little bit jumbled up uh, like i said i took a, a knock to the head uh, after a ram had taken us across the, the the lake to the west, we we continued into the uh, into the the thick woodlands. They seemed to get thicker the further west we went, and then we we entered this this strange sort of area. Everything was everything was very quiet and very still. There, there was there was no wind. We we, we couldn't hear any birds or or anything. And to, 
I remember you saying that, that you didn't like it. You thought there was some sort of evil magic at work. Uh, it, it just seemed unnaturally still and quiet. And then we we, we found this this great hill, and there was this uh, this big circle of moss-covered stones. And at, at, the, <coughs> at the at the center of it, there was this this huge this huge stone monolith, and stuck in the top of it was this was this great sword it's 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 blade the the the, the deepest green i have ever seen uh, when when we were about to enter the the circle of stones to move towards it a a, a loud voice uh, challenged and then it was though the very the very rocks the moss covered rocks rose up from the ground uh, joining themselves together into this great stone behemoth that that set about us all the time screaming in this voice that seemed to come from the very ground itself telling us to be to be gone from the clearing and the i remember seeing it hit uh, it hit the uh, the, the priest and uh, just just the once and he he fell to the ground like a sack of discarded rags and uh, obviously we 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 tried to defend ourselves and uh, i I don't really know what happened next. It struck me, like I say, aside the head. And as I fell to the ground, I, I saw you running towards me. And then the, the, the next I knew, I was, I was here. Well, I'll, I'll make sure she's got something to eat and drink uh, and again. Tell, tell me, is, uh, is, is Malcolm all right? Well, everyone's here. And I'll sort of gesture them over if they're not already sort of nearby listening to she says, what oh, happened oh good um, as we <laughs> as we as we were travelling across the lake Malcolm was saying that he he had this great uh, pressure or like pounding in his in his head and as we as we went westwards it seemed to be getting worse and worse and to, to the point where it was uh, I mean he, he, he was coping admirably with it but um, it was obviously causing him a, a lot of pain and as we got into the, the stone circle, well, he was, you could just tell, he looked pale. You could tell by the look on his face that he was in great pain, even though he was, he was trying not to show it and he was not letting it interfere with what he was doing. But it was obviously causing him a great deal of pain. Hmm. I have no memory of that. And uh, you, you're, you're free of, you're free of it now. Yes. I remember you saying it, uh, it, it, well, when you first mentioned it, you said it started like a, a sort of pressure in your ears and then it seemed oh. to get worse and it became a, it became this pounding pain in your head. You said it was almost like someone was like drumming on your skull. I do, I do feel the pressure in my ears still. I mean, I, I don't know where we are, but as we, it seemed to me, and obviously neither myself or Brock, have any truck with any of this sort of foul magic it seemed to me that the nearer we got towards this great stone the worse the pain in your head became I, but that's that's why I, I asked Brock how how you were and I'm glad to see you're here I was I was worried at one point that uh, the pain was going to become so great that it was going to incapacitate you but you, you know, compliments don't come easy to to ice walkers we, we see them as a as a tool of the 
the more civilized folk we if someone is doing well in our society it is obvious you do not need to constantly tell them but i will say that you you handled your discomfort well thank you she so she, she nods but then she, she's been sort of like half sat up like propping herself with her arm but she sort of like lowers herself back down and she's like oh, i'm sorry my, my my head's still swimming and you see that like, she's trying to like open her left eye but it's all like swollen shut and like black i think you should uh yeah rest don't worry yourself we're safe here and i'll try and give her some water and Make her comfortable. Yes, I, I, I think I, the, 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 the priest, he's, he's, he's all right. He, he's um, he's worse for wear, but he's alive. That's the main thing. Good, good. And her voice sort of trails off as she like lapses into sleep as she's sort of talking. And after a while, yeah. you see her chest sort of rising or falling rhythmically. She's obviously falling asleep. Yeah, I'll cover her up, and make her comfortable once again. And turn to the rest of the group. So, obviously, we have some pieces of the jigsaw. We, we, we did find the sword. It seems, and it looks like Malcolm is the key to finding it once again. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't sound like a very comfortable way to find it. At which point, Weimar, your sun sword pipes up, obviously speaking through you as it normally does, and says, Well, I wasn't going to say anything to to all of you for fear it might put you at risk again, and obviously I I wouldn't say anything that would put the life of my, my wielder in danger, knowingly. Um, but yes, I can confirm that you, you what the, the young lady says is true, you did. You did locate the my uh, brother blade in in the the rock, as she said, uh, and this uh, this presence, I believe, was able to create itself a body from the rocks that were about. Uh, I believe it to a uh, to be perhaps a similar creature to the um, the Ardrun that you spoke to, the one who made his face out of the rock, whereas this one seemed to be. In the the plant life and the moss of the particular of the the clearing, but when when you entered it, it was immediately hostile and it created for itself this giant behemoth body from the the very stones of the circle. And wow, you need only look at young Dunswallow there to uh, see what effect this great behemoth had. Hmm. Would you speak to your brother? Uh, alas, no. Um, before, before we could get near enough for any of you to to lay hands, or indeed for uh, for my wielder to bring me into close proximity, the the behemoth, the the stone thing, laid about us, and obviously, fearing for your woman and for the young priest as well as yourselves, uh, the decision was made to withdraw. Uh, you. In your talkings with the bargeman, when he brought you across, you'd found out that there was this this place to the the northern side of the lake. You decided to head for there, and when you got a a day or two beyond the where we'd found the blade, you all seemed to lose memory of what had occurred. 
as I say, I was not going to mention it because I would not willingly see my wielder go back there and be killed by this thing. But since you already know about it, the 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 young woman has remembered it. I see little to be gained now in keeping silent. The the best I can do is try and give you what information I have to so that you're better prepared. Since I assume like the young heroic fools you are, you'll be wanting to go back there. Speaking of which, I think we should go back there. Yes, I played it well thought, so. Told you it was easy. Well, we came all this way. Shame to go home without it. He says, well, yes, well, I'm a, I'm more concerned with making sure you get home at all. So, how would we go about getting past this guardian or whatever creature he says, well all i can tell you is that the very instant you entered this this smaller circle of stones around the larger monolith this loud voice called out challenge you upon pain of death to leave the area and when one of you set foot inside i won't say who the the stones were animated and began to attack you all now of course in the hands of my wielder i did my best to to help stave the thing's attention off, but it was a, a huge thing, and even my, even, even the sharpness of my blade seemed to merely nick a few pieces of stone, a few fragments chipped from it that seemed barely to affect it at all. And Weimar, did you have similar situation when you? picked up this cursed item you you carry with you cursed item unlucky <laughs> uh you mean the sword i you I... seem to you seem to carry it and interact with it without any problems oh yes oh, are yes. you um, blessed in some way i think it's something that maybe there's a degree of well, to my knowledge anyway uh, there's there's only two people that we know of that have actively tried touching the sword um, mm. me obviously and our um, our good friend um, currently tending to business the business of his people elsewhere um, who is shall we say a, a little bit more acerbic in nature uh, At which point really... the, the sword puts in and says, <laughs> but look, uh, let me explain, and I'll try and use simple words. Yeah, we the go. Way, I'll the say way... <laughs> in between. Yeah. <laughs> the way it works is each of myself and my sibling blades, we are each linked with one of the fundamental forces of this world. That is our nature. We, we can't change it. It's simply what we are. Now, when those who attempt to pick us up, like that um, that short fellow you used to knock around with, when he, when those of us when those try and pick us up, and their nature does not match our own, it causes them problems and pain. I can't do anything about it. I can't switch it off. It's simply who I am. In the same way, in the same way, my uh, shall we say darker sibling blade, if someone who was more inherently good attempting to pick that blade up 
it would react as aversely because the two natures clash. So maybe the person who needs to retrieve this this sword has to be of the right nature or whatever you, oh, you call I, I it. I touched that sun sword and it hurt. Right. So I, I guess I do enjoy the sun. Um, I, I've always had. The, the coast is very you know, sunny. Anyone feel any particular alignment towards, uh, shall we say, islands what, or, you, or lakes? You see, with, with, with my current wielder, you believe strongly in a, a sense of order and that things that there is a natural flow to things and a natural way things work with with the night blade as you call it people who tend to be aspected towards that tend to believe that more in the the randomness and the chaotic nature of the world and they strive to impose their own will upon the fabric of the world bending it and twisting it to meet their own will Whereas the green steel is more aligned with a force of balance, or I suppose you might say neutrality, if you will. I, how, how okay, we... so does your sword know who could wield that green sword? Do you know? I say with my own voice. Who, who, do you, can you, can, how can I tell? How can we tell who could pick up the green steel? Without being turned into a frog or something, you wouldn't get tra transfigured or anything like that. But anyone whose nature conflicted with the blade or attempted to wield it would feel pain. So, put your hand on it. If it doesn't hurt, that's okay. Yes. Same as with, same as with you. Yes. And this sounds super weird because I'm doing both voices, right? I'm, I'm doing <laughs> yeah. my own voice. Like, yeah. This is right. Yes. Okay. Well, that sounds simple. So it is. <laughs> We've got to deal with the stone things whilst people take it in turns to touch the green blade. But what what I'm saying is would the person, the right person, be able to enter the circle and retrieve the blade without setting off this guardian? Well I don't I don't believe the the, the guardian is actually linked to the power of the blade. I believe that the the Guardian is perhaps one of these these Droon, these Aldroon, who was, well, the, the last one you met said that there was a Guardian for each of the monoliths. I assume, I don't know, I'm assuming that this is perhaps the Guardian of that monolith. I don't think it's actually linked to the blade. Right. So we need to distract it long enough for the right person to retrieve. But you don't know who the right person is, Weimar, because I'm talking to Weimar because I, I still don't understand this stupid magic. Uh, no, no, and I, I don't think it's... There's there's nothing that we can do uh, at any rate because uh, when we first happened upon this one, it was just happenstance that the closest one of us happened to be someone who got really hurt when they touched the... Handle. Well, well, there is there is one simple test. It's not particularly pleasant, though. Obviously, my current wielder would not be able to pick it up because their uh, their nature is aligned with mine, and my nature is not that of the green blade. Oh, the, that's right. So not me then. The the easiest way to test, although it would be painful, would be for each of you in turn, if if my wielder agrees to to lay me down, for each of you in turn 
to attempt to wield me. If you can without pain, then you would not be able to wield the green steel. I'll, I'll just, you know, swing. I'll, you know, stick it in the ground. Yeah. I've Which already touched it and it hurts. I've touched it and it really hurt. Rock, do you want to give it a... Uh, you don't have to. Because no, I've seen... I don't. Rock's like, like, nah, mate. I'm, I'm good. No. I'm good. I, okay, I've seen I'll... what it's done to you. Uh, uh, it doesn't hurt, I'm... though. I'd rather be destroying the thing than picking it up. But I do understand that we're in well, fairly uh, great anyone who Anyone who cannot wield me would either have a nature more aligned with the night blade or with the green steel. Now that's that's down to yourselves. You should know that yourselves. That's that's everyone then. So who do did did do we know that Malcolm? Did you touch it when we were there? Yes. And it, it wasn't good. No, it wasn't good. So you may not I... remember because you were unconscious after cutting your leg off. <clears throat> no, I uh, mean the um, the if if we agree indeed one. happened upon the green blade. Um, no, the, oh yes, the, the sword said earlier that like none of you actually managed to lay out. Yeah, because I, I I guess I was sort of mixing up the connection that like Malcolm came away with like massive headache and, and stuff. Well, I vote that I touched that sword last. Mm. Okay. Which is bizarre because I'm probably the most skilled to go and get the bloody thing. <laughs> what is but, the... Does wrapping it in cloth and touching it help? Does that negate the pain? Yeah, it should be fine with that as long as you didn't try and wield it. Yeah, just don't you know, go stabbing people. So anyone could grab touch it. Anybody and, with a fucking yeah. thing. So I'll, 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 you know, I'll take off the belt and I'll add its scabbard first to Malcolm. I'll take just, it. Just yep. grab it. You, you hold the scabbard. It's fine. Wonderful. I'll, you know, put it back. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we, we like let's get some, you know, cloth. Um. So we can whoever grabs it can use cloth to to grab it. Okay. And then we'll worry about the pain later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to laugh so much, though, if it turns out only Brock can hold that sword. Yeah. Well, you're not going to find that out. So <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you ain't going to find that out. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah, well, not, not, not while he's conscious and you're yeah, conscious. Just like, like, touch it with the, with the very tip. It's <laughs> like on the toes. <laughs> Well, it's more of a wielding it or picking it up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Rather yeah. than just touching it against Using you. Using it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, got it in his hand and try to bucket of water on him. So was... Yeah, if, if you if you sort of like laid that next to him and then like slapped him around the face and he immediately just like grabbed it up and was like, that, that counts as him wielding it. But... <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, talk about pranks, right? <laughs> yeah, that could um, turn ugly quite quick. But anyway, it's. Okay, so how do we. How do we go about this? We know that there's probably... So let of... me uh, call on my elf friend and see if maybe she can't shed some light on how we might defeat what is... this creature. This is still the the weird thing regarding this situation. What, what was this headache? Is that because you are the natural person to wield this weapon and they're trying to drive you away? What, why... why... You know, what are these headaches? Why only you were affected by these headaches? Is this 
Fay or something you say of trying to keep you away or yeah, I'm trying to keep no. you away or someone trying to keep you away because you're the most obvious person to wield this weapon, possibly. The previous rune wasn't offended by my presence. Well, you weren't by the sword at that point, I guess. No. It's just as you get closer to the sword, you seem to have some, you know, reaction, mm. negative reaction to it. Um, so that seems to be a bit of a coincidence, don't you think? Yeah, that would worry me somewhat. But at least we know we'll be able to find it. But by all means, contact your creature of the wood. Sword. Yes. Sword, who entered the circle first? Well, I, uh, I, I don't really like to say... Uh... Well, if you could, that'd be helpful. Uh, okay, at which point uh, can you roll me a d6, Quentin? Uh, it, it was you. Of course it was. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you had some idea that you were going to you were going to sort of like sneak in around the outskirts using the shadows of the uh, of the stones. But uh, yep. like I say, the instant you you passed the threshold, it was like this this entity, this Aldrun, if that's what it is, was, was somehow aware of you. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, and did I he can think set his... for reasons why, but yeah. Did he set his foot down, or was it as soon as he crossed the threshold without putting a foot down? Well, I believe he set his foot down. He didn't float or anything like that. Hmm. I wonder if he did float. Well, I, I, I don't know that. That's a little bit beyond my remit, I'm afraid. Mm. I, I, I'm a, I'm a holy weapon of light, not a, not a flying carpet salesman. True. Um, I, I think that Malcolm should try crushing the threshold. Because it didn't like me, so we can rule one out, can't we? Well, we'd be we'd be prepared to, you know, plan. We'll have plan B to. While we it's might distracted. be better off attacking it with hammers than swords. I don't, yeah, while it's distracted, at least someone can grab it. You know, if there's enough of us, hopefully someone will be able to get to it. Uh, and then we can retreat as we've done previously. Happy to give it a go. I feel no, we've I got think, no choice. I think it's either Brock or Malcolm. Because I've crossed it, it went bad. I think if Weimar crosses it, it's going to go bad. Probably. I mean, I'm I'm happy to try and retrieve it. I will not wield that thing. So but. how about we try this? We we get there, we we have Malcolm cross the threshold first, see what happens. Ahead of us. And then Brock yeah. behind that, then you, then yeah. me. If the sword is correct and it's not related to you know 
it's just the presence of someone trying to take the sword. I'm just or, thinking if it's yeah. people more inclined to be Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Neutral. It's it's worth a try, but if, if the sword's correct, it may not be linked to that and mm. it may be just the guardian of the sword and yeah. the stone. Yeah, it could be. Uh, the circle. Yeah, my also thinking here is that Brock and Malcolm, you're fairly nature reliant people. Yeah. So yeah. because of that, you may have a better chance at being able to get over that threshold. Well, it's, it's certain, certainly worth a try. Because um, I can't see it attacking of a drone. And they're fairly nature-reliant people. Yeah, one of them was a tree. An oh. actual tree. There you mm. go. Hmm. But so. if if Malcolm wants to ask the, the Fae, maybe they'd be able to shed some light on it. Yeah. Let me a... go off into the woods to call. Sorry, I can't find my notes. I don't remember what she's called, John, but... I do know that I... Snowblight Winterfrost. Snowblight Winterfrost. That's a, not an evil sounding name at all. No, not at all. Good, good old Winterfrost. That's a name you can trust. <laughs> I was thinking about Snowblight. <laughs> I was call it the Wicked Witch of the West or something. Okay, so Malcolm, you head off a little distance into the woods. You take out the sort of small, like, thin metal snowflake she gave you, and as the instructions you you concentrate on it and you think her name and in your mind's eye you see an image of this beautiful elven woman that you met previously with the pale skin the, the snow sort of themed armor etc of brightest silver however in your mind's eye as she appears like her outline sort of like keeps like flickering and like briefly disappearing and then like reappearing okay and like when, uh, she, when she talk when when she talks eventually, like odd words will be like chopped out, like you sort of almost like you've got like a bad connection, basically. Okay. Uh, so, uh, my lady, I have found the sword uh, some days to the west of here. Um, what? Belly hit. Um. Uh, sorry, so I need to it's guarded by an Aldru do you know how to fight such a creature? What are you calling me from? <laughs> okay Bigger problems with the internet, John <laughs> Okay uh... where, where were you cut from? I can barely hear you uh, Fort Vulgar Inside the ring of shout, uh, north of the lake, and I'll, I'll, I'll cut out the choppy speaking just so to make it a bit easier. She says, uh, Oh, that, that would explain it. That there is a there is a great uh, hold on, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make it 
the, the the link a little stronger, but it will mean I cannot talk for as long, and then I a form sort of like stops wavering quite so much, or there's still a bit of flickering, and a voice becomes a little bit louder. There is a there is a great ring of energies around the around the sword and the stone that we spoke of, the that is known as the ring of Chal. It prevents any of my kind or of the Fey from entering. It is a barrier to us. I, to be honest, I did not think being of the blood you would be able to enter it. Um, it certainly tried to prevent me. Um, the, the, the ring of chalice, and again she fades out and then briefly comes back in, It like a physical barrier to to our kind, we we simply cannot enter. That is why we have been unable to the sword ourselves. Okay. Um, what do you know about the Aldrum? They are powerful members of that strange cult. Each is the guardian of one of the obelisks. Can they, they be defeated? They can, however, they have strange powers. Many of them have the physical form. Okay. So, some seem more spirit than man. If you... Anything else, speak quickly. The connection is weakening. No, farewell. I, I, I cannot sustain the effort to... And then she cuts out. Okay. Okay. Is Malcolm a half elf? Is he? No. Oh, he's not. Just wondered if that's why he weren't so badly affected. Uh. So I'll head back. I'll tell everyone what transpired. And I'll ask the sword again if I manage to step into the ring. Yes. Okay. I think this area you talk of, Malcolm, is probably a lot bigger than the circle itself. Because yes. you've already started getting this pressure and this and these headaches before you even mm -hmm. got close. So it's probably a bigger area. And just just to remind you, because obviously this time's passed, when you first spoke to Snowfright Winter Frost, she was surprised that you, that you were an elf that wasn't of her kind. Like she seemed to say that, that she was from like, the realm of fairy, effectively, along with her prince. And she was surprised that they were like elves native to like this world. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess there's nothing for us to do except travel there tomorrow and see if we aren't more successful second time around. Okay, so is the, is the plan to go to the to ram the bargeman and get him to take you across again? Yeah, yeah, and and hopefully this time he will take us even higher. 
Yeah, uh, I mean that's we we have all the the pieces, right? <laughs> like we know what we did last time. So yeah, we probably need to wait an extra day or two for the others to rest up fully, though, don't we? How long is it going to take? It's probably going to take more than a day. Yeah. Yeah, unless we have something to help with that. The the other possibility is because obviously Lan's recovering a bit quicker than the young brother because he's like a a pasty like pallid monk who spent all his life in a monastery and she's like an ice walker warrior woman so the other possibility is you like basically leave her behind and say like, oh we'll come back can you look after him while yeah gone? i was gonna say uh, that's the other option is they stay behind or well at least the brother should definitely stay behind because i don't yeah. think he's gonna be a massive asset to us he's gonna nah. be a no. bit of a burden I, I, if anything i think land should definitely stay behind because you're only going to hate these things more if she gets killed in the process. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's and, without uh, saying. Yeah, crossing water both ways with injured people, probably not a good idea. It was it was only because she seemed to be resistant to this magic that I was thinking about her coming along. Obviously, I don't know that's a saving throw, but I mean... Yeah, <laughs> might not be next time. She seems to be the only one that's got any recognition of what happened i'm just worried that we'll be just wandering around for days and days in in nowhere sort of thing but um yeah yeah if, if we're up for that we'll just go as the four of us then cool. and ren oh yeah we'll meet him at his his house he said he'd be there tomorrow didn't he he said he was going back in the morning, so we must just go back with him. Uh, well, this is the next day now, though, isn't it? He's already left, isn't he? No, no he's leaving this morning. morning. Yeah. Oh, oh, so this is still the morning that he's leaving, sort of thing. All right, well, we might be able to catch him then. Yeah, that's not a problem. You schedule. You catch up with him. I have to put his hut on the uh, the map. You travel. Sort of southeast for a day along the road until you reach his hut. Obviously, he suggests you wait until the next morning, head out first light. You'll be able to get D3 hit points back, although you will need to use a ration each this time. Oh, spell. At, at which point, as you're traveling, it'd be like, well, there's only four of you this time, so it'll only be 20 gold pieces. No problem. He's like, oh, thanks very much. He's like, uh, tell you what, you can come again. Mm, hopefully not. At which point of the the next morning, first light. This could turn into Groundhog Day. <laughs> more like Memento, where every time you get a little bit more information. Yeah. <clears throat> what, was the, what was the Tom Cruise one? Oh, I can't Sci-fi one. He kept okay. dying and they had to keep coming back. Oh yeah, yeah. Another one you mean? Oh yeah, yeah. So the the next morning he takes you out across the lake, ferries you to the other side. The lake's fairly placid, like I say, like a little bit of low-lying mist. It seems to be absolutely teeming with fish. You know, you can see the little silvery bodies moving around in the water. Nothing untoward happens. No, like, great tentacled sea beasts come out or anything like that. He ferried you across to the the western shore. 
he says, oh, this is where I, this is where I left you last time. He says, well, uh, good luck to you all. Uh, maybe meet you again at some point. Um, yeah. And he starts getting back. Possible to stay here. He, he says, he says, uh, well, I wouldn't really like uh, staying here and I'd, I'd be I'd potentially losing bids. Tell you what, throws in another 15 gold and like, I'll stay here for a day. That's, that's the best I'm going to do. That's worth it. Do we know how far it is? We don't. Don't actually know how far it is, do we? In in sort of. No, he's just like, oh, this is where I left you. Yeah, but I don't know if it's a well, day's walk land, from here. Or... Some indication of how long we travelled for. She would have said it. She would have told you. She didn't tell you exactly, but she said it was less than a day's travel. Okay. okay. So. Stay here. The, the, the for same a day. text to use map talk. Okay. okay. He's, he's oh, like, how's my headache? really bad like it's got okay. progressively worse as you went across the lake like it now feels just like someone's constantly going i was gonna say john i've got obviously um barbarian skills that help with cure poison would i be able to knock anything up herbs wise that would sort of nullify it a little bit i'm gonna say yeah you i'm not gonna make you make a roll for it I'm going to say you managed to use some of your herbs just enough to take like the edge off it. Yeah, I don't expect and it. And as you're sort of doing that, obviously, like, presumably you guys have given Ram the like 15 gold to stay here for a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In which point he's like, oh, yeah, he did that last time. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you, you, you give him these herbs and it, it doesn't stop it. It takes the edge off. It's, it's like having a migraine and taking a couple of paracetamol. It doesn't stop it, but it just like dulls it a little bit. A very little okay. bit. Yeah. Okay. Where he's like, right, well, like I say, I'll stay here a day, but uh, no longer. And if anything nasty comes out of the woods, I'm, I'm heading off. That's the best I, I can do for you. Fair enough. I ain't staying around here to get killed by no thing. Right. Well, lead the way, Malcolm. <laughs> so I guess we're going to try and follow our tracks. Or did Lan give us instructions, directions? Does the sword feel it like we're going to? Do you? <laughs> um, yes, I, I can guide you. If you're sure that's really what you want after what happened last time. Yeah. Okay, so the sword will be able to guide you. And what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you all to make a save versus spells now. And this is just to see like, when you leave this area, will you lose your memory? Are, are we talking magic spells? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. Are you... S Somehow I made it. I say someone, someone passed there somewhere. Okay, so when you eventually leave this place, the only one who will retain... Life, um, you will, because obviously Malcolm suggested that he's going to keep a record of it, so you will sort of be able to read that record and have a general sense of what occurred. But the only one who remembers everything will be Weimar. But I'll let you know when that kicks in. And die if, Weimar. If, in, if indeed it does. <laughs> because, like, depending on what you do, it may not. Okay. So you guys continue traveling, guided by the sword, who's basically, like, giving you directions based on your last sort of movements. Eventually you come across a steep hill that appears to rise up to just below the tops of the trees and it appears to 
They eventually break out into a sort of clearing and you can see on the top this 40 foot high stone crag what appeared to be a ring of stone dolmens, these standing stones, covered in moss. And just beyond them, you can see a much larger stone, about 15 foot tall, seemingly made of a dark black basalt stone. And as you sort of enter this area, as described previously, you notice that the sound of birds cracking branches and leaves falling, which is omnipresent in the most of the forest, just fades away entirely. There's like an eerie calm that seems to just hang over this area. Everything seems a little bit still. As you look around, there's no like leaves falling from the trees or birds cawing or any of that. It's silent. This is unnatural. This is more witchcraft. We are looking for a magic sword, my friend. Oh, yeah. I've just repeated Malcolm. what happened last time. <laughs> Malcolm, Brock. Yours, yours. Okay. So I suggest we all get some sort of cloth bag or whatever in case the opportunity, you know, comes that one of us can grab it where, you know, me or Malcolm can't or whatever the situation. So I have something to hand, either a sack or whatever. Um, and maybe come at it from different directions. So, you know, if someone draws the attention to this thing, then maybe someone else can nip in. You know, only if it doesn't work, what we're going to try. But um, sort of plan B, has it Are been? there any overarching trees or any... No, it's a, it's a clearing no, it's... with the stones. Okay. I mean, there's, there's some like by the side of the clearing that are quite tall, but I'll say the crag sort of rises above most of them. Okay, are there any that it doesn't rise above? Yeah, there's a couple of like older sort of larger trees that are sort of like on the edge of the clearing that sort of like overlook it. Okay, so what I'm thinking I'd like to try is to climb up one of the taller trees and then I want to see if I think I can run and jump onto the top of the crag where I believe the sword is and failing that, whether I can kind of shoot a rope or try and throw a rope that might land me there ultimately what i want to try and do is not step on the ground okay. um but I, again i don't know how close the trees might get that that sounds to me like it's a, it's a dexterity roll so make yourself a dexterity roll okay as you like shin up one of these big trees and you're going to try and like leap across onto the i'm going to get stone. close to the edge and so. a, as as you get to like your vantage point you can now actually see the top of this big stone and you can see this emerald green blade that seems to be like half sticking out of the stone okay so i have passed that dex check okay at which point you will leap through the air sailing gracefully towards the large stone upon which sits the sword now do you remember the end scene from Cabin in the Woods? Not the very end scene. <laughs> I don't know Cabin in the Woods, I okay. have to say. What happens is, as you sail through the air, so in your path, a giant hand made of stone like bursts out of the ground, spraying soil and grass and debris everywhere. So, so you're sort of sailing through the air and this stone hand goes... And it's going to make an attack against you. 
just type it, it'll be easier. Is a 16 a hit? No. Okay, so it bursts out and it's clearly trying to sort of go <coughs> and squash you. However, even though it's massive, it's moving fairly slowly, presumably because of its scale and the fact that it's made out of stone covered in moss. And as you see, you can't avoid it, but as you hit the stone, you manage to twist midair so your feet hit it first. And before it can go like that, you push off and you sort of roll to the edge of the clearing just as the the fingers of the stone hand go. Okay. So, so you sort of, you're pretty much back where you were, but you've not taken any harm. And as you okay. land there and you sort of roll to a, a dramatic stop next to your companions, a loud voice rings out. And it doesn't seem to be coming from the stone hand. It seems to be coming from, like, everything in the clearing. Um, Weimar, as you sort of look, you sort of encountered the moss that the... Um, that was being held. As you look around, you can see that like the moss that seems to be covering everything, all the stones, appears to be almost like vibrating a little as the the voice, like the voice is like booming out from the moss itself. And this voice goes, "I went easy on you the last time, but this second trespass will not be forgiven. Leave now, or forfeit your very souls." And this voice is so loud, it's like. To, to most of you, it's almost deafening. However, Brock, you're not too bad, actually, because you've got that moss in your ears. <laughs> yeah, I was going to shout something, but it doesn't do anything, because <laughs> we're, we're inside. And th this hand continues up, and, like, the stones on the outside are put, almost, like, magnetically attracted to it, and they start, like, assembling themselves into this giant almost like golem like stone behemoth with these like two massive fists covered in vein like traceries of moss soil and grass dripping from them and it it's it's huge it's like 15 foot tall and it's literally like standing like with a leg like either side of the 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 main central stone with the the green blade in it as it sort of stands up and it flexes, you can hear the stones grinding over each other. And it sort of like almost casually just sort of goes like that and like backhands a nearby tree, which like is uprooted from the ground and like flung through the air and like disappears from sight. And a few moments later, you hear like a faint splash in the distance. As presumably it falls into the lake. This thing sort of like turns its head or like it's really just like a featureless bit of stone so in your direction it like flexes its hand and again you mean like this like, <coughs> like great boulders grinding against each other what do you guys do so do you think this creature is basically gonna stay at that spot and we could take some pot shots at it from range and try and draw it out or at least weaken it in some way is that worth doing from a distance certainly we need to distract us so that well know. that's what i meant if yeah. if we could pull it away from the stone by you know shooting at it if, if it does hurt it or not it might have to engage us and we can maybe lead it away a little bit for someone to get behind it and grab the sword or 
I could try. I mean, I haven't really got much in the way of ranged um, weapons, but... I'll step into the ring again and try and run around the back of it to try and distract it. As you're sort of breaking into running, you're like, oh, maybe we could do some ranged things. This this huge behemoth like stretches out a hand towards one of the trees, and as it does, this tree just like disintegrates like into dust. It's like... So, yeah, as Malcolm starts his maneuvering, um, I'll pull out the sun sword. Mm -hmm. Sunlight blazes out. And then and I'll... As you do that, you notice that there's actually, like, almost in response, like, a sort of green glow. So that bursts around the, the sword that's half into the stone. It's much more subdued, though. Whereas your sword's like, oh, rays of sunlight coming out. This is just like a, a sort of ambient sort of green glow around it. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best to act as a distraction. Okay. So... Basically, you guys will win the initiative against this thing because it's very slow, so we're not going to have to worry about initiative. So, Malcolm, you're running around the side. Obviously, it's got multiple attacks. That's not a surprise. It's got two giant hands. Um, you're running around the side. Wymar's trying to be a big distraction. Rock, what are you doing? Um, I'm going to launch a spear at it from a bit of distance out, outside the circle. But how big, how big is the circle, roughly? Twenty feet. So it's 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 sort of it's covering the circle basically. Yeah, it's it's sort of, so I'll stand sort of you know thirty foot outside the circle and just launch a spear at it and see if it has any sort of effect on it and again trying to distract it in some way. Okay, so make your attack roll for that, Quentin. Okay. What are you doing? I am coating an arrow in poison. I have. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've got 14. Okay, your arrow hits a part of its stony body and just like breaks. Yeah, it's just a spear, so yeah. Just Sorry, yeah, your spe yeah, your spear yeah. hits it and it just like splinters as it hits it. Yeah. Okay, Quentin, you, you're spending this round like coating your arrow in the poison. Yeah. Not a problem. Why am I, as your distraction, you're literally just like, Aah. yeah, so like, aha, over here we have brought the sun sword to meet its twin 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 uh, from the triplets <laughs> it's, not, it's not the most inspiring speech you've ever heard <laughs> however he's, he's got a, a sunlight shining sword that is a fairly obvious thing so with one of its arms it's going to try and strike you it is still going to try and like whap malcolm with the other yep so let me just make those rolls so, um, you guys can tell by the fact that it just backhanded a tree like umpteen miles into the lake. If you get hit with one of these, it's going to hurt. Okay, so against Weimar, that's a 24. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll hit. Okay. So, uh, this might be very see painful. Ya. This might be very painful for you. And then on my roll. Right now, I'm more worried about the um, like that does twelve damage. Know, 
uh, does put me down a bit in the old hit points there, but does it also, you know, does he, you know, golf me into the lake? It, it or... doesn't golf you into the lake because, like, <laughs> with that, it was like under and up with the tree. Yeah, it sort of hits you square on. It does throw you to the edge of the circle, like you hit one of the trees, which is part of the damage you've taken, mm -hmm. and you sort of like land on your side. But you know, you, you're still alive. Mm -hmm. I, 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 yeah, I can see your hit point total. Mm -hmm. you're, you're still alive, but effectively, that's just like gone like that's half your hit points gone. Yeah, and there's like, <laughs> okay, with, with absolutely just the wind knocked out. Okay, so the one for Malcolm, the second hand. That's a 28. That hits, yeah. And for damage. That is a nine hit points of damage. So you break into your run at the other hand, almost like it doesn't even look towards you. It just seems to like know where you are. It's just like, and again, like smashes you into one of the trees at the very edge of this sort of clearing. Okay, and it's back round to you guys. The problem is getting past it to get to the sword, then, obviously. Because it's well, just yeah. patting you away. It's very deliberately gone, like, right, I'm going to stand directly over the sword. So and if anyone comes around, just be like... Tch, tch, tch. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's not a case of, like, it hit Weimar and Malcolm, and then was like, right, I'm going to follow up, and I'm going like, to pound you into dirt. It was just like, go away, go away. Right. Well, I look at the others and go... Like all three at the same time I'm just gesturing because I can't hear a lot because I've got this stupid moss earbuds in um, John is the sword like upright in it yeah it's it's very much sword in the stone style like it's been plunged down into the stone okay. the hilts sort of sticking the handle sticking out okay I'm just thinking so, if all three run at the same time it's got you know potentially more targets than it can handle hopefully um so my plan is definitely to run at it again and try and get up onto the stone. Yeah, that's what I mean. If if we all try and do the same thing, one of us might get past. But... Okay, so is that the plan? Weimar, Malcolm and Brock are all going to make a break for it. Thinking, oh, well, it, it can only kill two of us. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. it, yeah, it's it's not the best plan I've heard. Yeah. Well, missile attacks go first, so you can make your attack roll. I'm going to aim for a mossy spot. Okay. Oof. But I've no idea what the poison effects are, even if they work. So, yep. As the obviously cross off the poison, you've used that. Yeah. Uh, as the, it hits it, you notice that some of the moss that's on it sort of like goes brown, and sort of like drops off as it's killed by the poison though you don't actually seem to have damaged the stone but obviously moss you've just like effectively poured like poison onto like a plant yep not difficult to, to kill a plant with poison and at that point the the stone creature appears to like bellow not in pain but like more in like fury and it's like huge slate face like turns in your direction quentin at which point the three amigos Start making, start making their break for it. I'm dumber and dumbest. Okay, so, <laughs> so you're all so. I'm presuming you're all so, various points around, and you're all going to try and like run towards the middle. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, I'll tell you for nothing. One of one of its attacks is going to be against Quentin because he's just like killed some of the moss, and one of its attacks is going to be against one of you guys. 
and it's just going to pretty much be like random it's like whoever it gets yep. to first so i'm going to roll a d6 a one to two it's brock three to four it's ymr five to six it's malcolm okay it's ymr so ymr and quentin so, bring it okay so we'll do the one against quentin first so for the hit roll yeah yeah, okay, so damage. A plus twenty is a bit brutal, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's not it's not plus twenty. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. Plus nineteen. <laughs> so it's just it's a plus eight. That's nine hit points of damage, Quentin, as one of these stone yep. hands like backhands you. And against <laughs> Walmart. No. <laughs> Bloody hell. Twelve. That's, That's a shit roll. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so as this hand comes towards you, you basically do like the Indiana Jones like slide on the floor <laughs> and the hand just like sails over you. Like probably like I don't know, like take takes your hood off or something like that. Yeah. Okay, however, why Marcus had to like slide and roll to avoid it hasn't reached the, the stone. However, Brock and Malcolm, you've both sort of like reached opposite sides of the stone. Like I say it's like a very tall stone with his sword plunged into the top of it. Since you've used your whole round to like move, you'll pretty much be able to get to the top of it. You both sort of like climb up and you're like facing each other across this stone. Okay. Okay. At which point, as your gaze falls on this glowing green sword that sticks from the dolmen, you both are assailed. I say assailed. You both assailed with a a, a vision that strikes you, Malcolm. In your mind, you see ancient elves people of your blood ancient wizards shamans you might call them in a more primitive time taking this this green shard of metal and with the greatest of their alchemical and magical arts fashioning it into a great blade brock you see the the elders the the priests of your own people the ice walkers trekking into the mountains in search of something which fell from the night sky and in a great crater they find this sliver of green metal and the shaman of your people with great holy reverence take this shard of metal and they work it into a blade of holy might and majesty and then you're back in the room Okay, so you guys don't have much time to think about this. Obviously, this thing's like flaming around. And it's pretty uh, soon going to be like, oh, those two have made it to the sword. So I'll grab the sword. Well, I, I, I'm i going to sort of nod to Malcolm as he sort of makes an attempt. And I'm just going to like launch myself at this thing with my two-handed sword to okay. try and distract it. Before you launch yourself, Malcolm, make me a strength check. Come on, once the future king. Just call me Arthur from now on. <laughs> uh, that's a success, John. Okay, so you start pulling it and very slowly, I mean, you've not pulled it all the way out yet, it starts like sliding out of the stone. As you're, you start pulling it out, you hear from like the distance, you hear like a rumbling, almost like you're like an earthquake or an earth tremor as you're sort of slightly pulling out. Like, 
and you notice like a few like leaves fall off trees and a few branches fall down you basically got like one more round of like pulling it out and then it will be free okay okay at which point the you hear the the creaking of the stone goliath as it turns around and obviously sees you there like <laughs> yeah so i'm just gonna lay into it to try and okay so since draw its attention but brock's originally in the same place as malcolm and he's like leaping at it sort of conan style it's basically gonna do one attack against brock and one attack against malcolm so it's basically gonna try and like palm you away and then like smash him away from the sword so i'm gonna do however you will get to make your attack first brock so there you're are. literally like leaping whether it uh does anything but we'll give it a go definitely oh definitely not it's wonderful we're, we're doing great <laughs> okay so you don't manage to get any we're distracting it maybe <laughs> okay so i'm gonna didn't do want to... it's attack against brock didn't want to damage my sword anyway so it is stone so that's 24. yeah that'll do it yeah 12 hit points of damage as this stone just like backhands you out of the air okay so the attack against malcolm and if you get i'll tell you if you get hit you're gonna have to make a strength roll to like hold on to the sword because obviously Fair its enough. main impetus is it's trying to slap you away from it Oof. Okay, it swings its hand towards you, and you basically like duck down behind the sword as it like over the top of you. Like you feel the stone sort of like lean slightly with just like the weight of its passage, and then you one more strength roll, and you've got it. There we go. Oh no. Okay, so. Brock, you've sort of like let you've sort of been backhanded like backwards a bit from where you've landed. Like you're basically at the foot of the stone that like Malcolm's on. You can see like Malcolm trying to pull the sword out, and he's like, but it seems to be like resisting, or it's like sunk deeply into the stone. We sent a boy to do a man's job. Um, I'll, I'll go and try and assist him if I can. Okay, make me a strength roll. And now we make a mess of it. Oh, and you did as well, look. <clears throat> okay, so you're both struggling to pull this thing out. Weimar and uh, Quentin, what are you guys doing? Obviously, the stone thing's just going to concentrate on Brock and Malcolm now. Shoot some more arrows at it. <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly valid. Shout encouragement. <laughs> you got this, guys. Keep it up. We're only dying. Mm. <coughs> We're not doing a great job of distracting no, it, are we? <laughs> Does it have a face? It, it has a head, but it doesn't have like features on it. It's just like a flat bit of stone. Mm. But like from the rough position on the body, that seems to be its head. Can I make it to the thing? Yeah. The the sword? Yeah. It's it's not it's not concentrating on you now, so 
Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm tagging in as well. It's a, it's a three versus one match now. So, <laughs> okay, I'll bust in as like Brock is just, you know, okay, powering away. As you leap up, make a make a strength roll. So it's a group effort. Come on, come on. Whoa, that Lou. <coughs> I loosened it for you. Yeah, and so did Malcolm. I just came over as like, okay, what, what's so, the big deal? So sort of like gr grabbing hold of like the cloth covering that Malcolm's got around and Malcolm's put. You basically grasp the like quite big hilt of this sword. It's like a a big sword, like your own. You grasp it using the cloth to like shield your hands. You pull it, and both you and Malcolm and Brock fall off this stone as this green, emerald green blade, like with a shh slides three from the stone you hear like rumblings all around the the stone like behemoth that's been sort of like turning around ready to like slap malcolm into next week so that's only this voice like booms out and it's like no what have you done and as you watch like bits of stone start just like falling from it as it like begins to almost like crumble and disintegrate and as it falls to pieces the last bit of it to go is like its body and from within the body what looks like a human skeleton, like very old, like topples out and lands on the ground amidst the cascading stone. Then as you watch, like the other sort of like stones that set around begin to like crumble and fall to pieces. You again you're hearing like rumbles in the distance and like the ground begins to shake. You as you sort of look, you see like cracks appearing in the ground. Right. Yeah, I'm going to gesture everyone to <laughs> run back the way we came. Get away from this area, if not. At least, sort of thing. And okay. I'm going to start running back towards the boat direction. So, you all you all run back to the boat. Um, he's still there, although he looks like he just he's shitted himself. You can see <laughs> that there's cracks on the ground here as well. There's there's like rumblings everywhere that you can hear the sound of like trees falling in the distance. The the water on the lake is disturbed. He sort of gestures you into the boat, rowing it as fast as he can back across the river. Gets you to his like little hut. You can hear, even though you're like a day away, you can hear like shouting from like the direction of like Fort Volga and as you look in that direction you see like a couple of buildings just like collapse as though like a giant earthquake seems to be like gripping the whole of the Dolmenwood. So I'll I'll sort of be shouting like everyone else just like run and you know get the get the patients from from the um the bunkhouse. Um I'm slower than everyone else. You don't need to wait for me. Okay. Yeah that's not a problem you you run to the whoever does it runs to Fort Volga. Like buildings are collapsing. It's like the greatest earthquake the Dolmwood has ever known has gripped this place. Buildings are collapsing. People are panicking, running about. People are screaming. Fires have started. Trees are falling down. Cracks are opening in the ground. Uh, occasionally, you see what appear to be like just like flashes of like bright light that quickly like disappear, just like randomly in different places. As though, like, some sort of like, energy has been like unleashed. Hmm. And as you, as you sort of run back to where you've left a Weimar near Ram's hut, you notice a few 
snowflakes start to fall. Hmm. Where are we going to head? I mean, where can we go? Back to the gates, right? Yeah, but potentially we're sort of travelling the whole of Bowman Woods, travelling back in it. <laughs> well, to, to, to be fair, if you want to run back to the gates, I think we can like montage that. I'm not going to force you to like. Yeah, we can do that, but I can't remember. I that's a few days away, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 But I mean, that would be the obvious place to head, I guess. For, okay. For no other re any other reasonable sort of destination to go, have we? Okay, so over the course of the next five or so days you run back along the road it's you meet panicked people sort of like trying to get away from whatever's happening but it seems to be gripping the whole of the dolmen wood um, like I say trees are collapsing cracks are opening in the ground occasionally there's these strange flashes and where they like hit things things just like explode like as you're running past a tree at one point you see like this flash and the tree just like detonates as though like this sort of like, chaotic energy has just been like unleashed the the weather has turned noticeably colder, which for you guys is a bit more like Norman, like snow's falling, people are panicking, it's like the world's ending, basically. You you pretty much hot-foot it for like five days as much as you can, until eventually you reach the wench gate, as I described it previously. This uh, sort of entwined trees creating this gateway, with all these carved wooden faces on it. However, as you approach now, instead of like greeting you in a jovial manner, as they did previously in like random chat, all of these faces appear to be like silently like screaming. They're all like. What do you do? You, you stand at the. Was there. The threshold. There was names or initials or something carved into it, wasn't there? Yeah, there were like people's initials carved into it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think, didn't Quentin decipher what it said? You had to uh, write your name in it or something to open it from this side. Blood and sap. Yeah, that was the other side. Wasn't it a different, it different instructions on this side? If you give Before. me but a moment, I will tell you. I might... Might be wrong. Okay, so now the the graffiti on it is just like people's names. All oh, right. So it's the same process as before. Then. As far as you're aware. So we look for a a nearby tree that seems to have cuts and there's loads of them. Yeah, you're in a forest. Yeah, I didn't know if they were special trees. I can't remember if they were any particular ones. So we'll get some sap then, I guess. And <clears throat> you, you cut a tree, you get some sap out of it. That's not, in fact, to be honest, you didn't even have to cut a tree. There's plenty that have fallen down and collapsed with everything that's going on. Yep. Getting sap's not a problem. And uh, ever keen to get out of this place, I shall cut my hand and mix it with a sap. Grab Indeed. hold of Land's hand and... Okay. If, if it opens. As you do that and you sort of put your hand up where the threshold of the gate is, like a sort of shimmering field appears and on the other side you can see Falconen. Yeah, so I shall yeah, run through with Lan um, on my side. You dash through. Yeah, I follow. Okay. You all 
presumably, dash through the gateway to Valconan. It shimmers shut behind you a few moments later, and you find yourself in the the wooded clearing near the, the Valconan side of the gate in what appears to be a balmy Valconan summer. Summer? And as you, and as you all sort of burst in, you see like Brock stood there with a a look of like surprise and confusion on his face. You follow Brock's gaze and at the far end of the clearing, where once there were just trees, you now see that some of the trees appear to have been cleared and there is a stone statue that appears to depict all of you. Um, it's covered in moss, cracks and signs of age. Boy, how many swords do we have on the statues? Well, you see, we have any swords. <laughs> you, you, you're you're depicted with your your equipment as you were when you went through. So, like, yeah. you've got your sword, like, and it's scabbard. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing we missed the deadline for old green teeth. Then <laughs> it seems like it. <laughs> oh. As you as you say that, and you sort of look at the you look at the the statue, you can see that. At the bottom of it, there's like a sort of plinth with some sort of writing, but it's like overgrown with like moss and mm. various plants. Yeah, has it got any sort of date if we clear it away or year or sort of you reference? You sort of head towards it and you you brush you brush the moss off and you blow away the the detritus of ages, and as you reveal the writing below it's written in the common tongue so easy to read you see written there sort of like in carved angular writing it says this statue is carved in memory of my friends long gone these 10 years in the hope that they may return Krosnon Jesus, our bill's going to be <laughs> bloody astronomical by the time we get back. <laughs> and as you say that, you hear like the sound of like crashing and a loud sort of almost like explosions around you. And as you look across the sort of like, the wolf woods around you, you see in the distance what appeared to be the sort of hazy spectral outlines of like much larger trees that seem to be like slowly like superimposing themselves over the area and that is where we end the session for today thank you very much guys i hope you all enjoyed it cheers yes. yep. oh. and as we finish out for what's possibly the last session of this year as the the dolmen wood begins to phase or crash its way into Valconan as the the linchpin that maintained the enchantment keeping it in a pocket realm has now been removed the ley lines the, the destructive energies that you saw snap back into their previous conditions like a, a piece of elastic pulled taut and then released the Dolmenwood begins to once more re-enter the mortal world bringing who knows what dangers and complications with it. 
but hopefully we will find out next time so thank you very much for playing guys and to anyone who's watching either now or in the future obviously we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat about this and we'll sort out xp and the like shortly but for now it just remains for me to thank my wonderful players and anyone who's watching this if we don't do another session this year take it easy and hopefully we'll catch you next year